the day he hops in a vehicle with no self-driving. <laughs> yeah, I do. I can't. I can't do this. Well, I remember last year I got an Uber when I was down here, and the guy was like, "Check this out! It like drives itself." He's had a Tesla, blah blah. And sure, shit turned it on, and then. 30 seconds later, it quit working on him. And he had like grabbed the wheel back. I'm like, exactly. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. You're just going to be cruising down. It's going to pop off. You're I not going to realize it. Don't trust it. Like mid driving, he was driving and it just quit? It just quit on him. Yeah. Does he give you like a warning of any kind? Does a bell go off? <laughs> I mean, you guess you realize he was pretty proud of that thing lane. for like he kept talking it up and then all of a sudden it quit working. I was like, oh, awesome. That might be one of my least favorite things is grabbing an Uber and they have a Tesla. And they're like, do you want to see all the cool shit it does? No, like, I do not. Yeah, you're like, I just, just want to get, get from I'm A going. to B. How many Uber drivers are driving Teslas? <laughs> a lot. All of them. What? A oh, lot. Yeah. Teslas yeah, are expensive. Here. The base model Tesla is not expensive. It's a mm -hmm. it's a very, like... $45,000 yeah. car, I think, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Uber all that often, but when you Uber, when you leave, you, you leave feedback, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, like... If somebody picks you up in like a shitty car, like an old shitty car, you leave them bad feedback? You can't. I mean, not, you, you can't, can't leave them bad feedback, but you can't drive an old shitty car on Uber. You can't? No, they, no, they like have like certain like year like year requirements and things like really? that with Uber. I didn't know that. Part. Yeah. But you have to have a certain. All I know is when I get an Uber, I always just hit the don't talk to me button. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know that was an option? Yeah. You just, I just hit How? the don't there talk. There is? Yeah, <laughs> there is. You like talking to people. No, I would, I would push that thing all day yeah, long. Every time, just don't talk to me, but. Oh. How many people, do you think they're leasing their vehicles? Yeah. They just lease a car Probably and then drive. Yeah. drive I think Uber? they just get a car and love it. So they're like, I'm going to Uber. That's what they do. They get the car to Uber. Have the nice show car for Uber. They don't, have many, they don't have many friends. They got to show it off. To yeah, right. That they're picking up. Might be a little business model in the lease it to then Uber. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not a bad idea. I'll have to look into the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Crunch those Lyft. Yeah. <laughs> is Lyft even a thing anymore? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, right? everything people, is people Uber, Lyft, pickups. I never oh, used Lyft, pull. but yeah. Uber only. Uber only. Are we live? We're, I don't know. Are we live? <laughs> we are live. The timer's not going. Sponsored by Uber. Yeah, yeah. sponsored by <laughs> Uber. Uber. When you're in the, the Vegas metropolitan area, get yourself an Uber. It's a lot hmm. better than taxis. Does Vegas have taxis? Well, we were sh Uber was shut down in what was that fight, Cody? Like three years, Uber wasn't allowed in Vegas. Like yeah. Uber was blowing up; it was a huge thing, right? Everyone was talking about it. But the taxi conglomerate here in mafia. Vegas, mafia, basically had it, <laughs> had it shut down. The taxi mafia. So we, like, being a resident in Nevada, you didn't have an option. You still, you had to take a taxi. You weren't allowed. Like Uber didn't work here. Are the huh. prices similar? I don't know. I, can't I always thought you. taxis were expensive. I think Uber, Ubers are cheaper, right? I don't know. All I know is the taxi mafia had it on lockdown <laughs> for quite a few years. So it's your only option. I have so many more questions. <laughs> <laughs> all the, all the strip all club the, marketing uh, in the back and on the top. And all the things like, I've never thought about. You start thinking about it. Yeah, it's weird. I don't have. Do you, I don't. Do you have an Uber? You have an Uber app on your phone. Yeah, I do. Of course, yeah. you, you yeah. Do, I'm sure. of course I do. I have a five star rating, by the way, and I'm very proud of it. Still this day, five star. What's yours? I don't have one. I don't have the Uber app. Why Mine's, would I Uber anywhere? Mine's, you ever to go to hunting shows? You never have the Uber? Mm -mm. Just walk. <laughs> yeah, I'll just let someone else get the Uber for him. That's oh, it. I, I don't have the app. That's guys. usually what I do with Brady. I'm yeah. like, Brady, you got the app. That's right? true, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do not have five stars. No, I won't get into why I don't have five stars. Because <laughs> you don't won't talk to anybody. That could do, do you know why you don't have five stars? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell me, I got to know. <laughs> no, I mean, 
I mean, yeah, mine, it, it was, it's not family oriented. We'll put it that way. Nice. It's not like my kids, it's not like my kids were shitheads, but maybe I have a few friends that act worse than my kids. Right. Just, you know, the, the, uh, the unknown is way worse than yeah. the known <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> I'm thinking of all the best yeah. scenarios. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's great. Anyway, we'll let Brady run. Let's do it. I don't know how we get to talking about Ubers, but uh, these are I my don't, I don't, these are my favorite conversations. Yeah. Oh, self driving. That's how we got mm-hmm. on yeah, self driving. Hmm. Yeah. I don't believe in that. No. I don't believe in electric cars. I don't believe in self driving. Like, un American? Yes, yeah, way un American. <laughs> I don't know. I I'm in favor of self driving. I think if, if it could get to a point where it felt real good, real solid, think how great that'd be. Think they'll ever be able to self drive in the mountains? I don't, I don't care about that, but like in the morning, I could jump on the freeway at 6 a.m. and just put it in auto drive and just work the whole way. You would trust that? The thing is, it's not uh, about the auto drive as much as everyone around you. It's like planes have autopilot. No one really worries about that, but there's no one else to run into you that's not auto driving or I would would bet. I would bet that probably if the technology works like it's supposed to which that's a big caveat right is if it works like it's supposed to yeah probably the reaction time to somebody else potentially like t-boning you or running into you the reaction time is probably better on self-driving than it is my own reactions i think it is honestly. i would bet it like is I think, with the cameras I, yeah, I think statistically it actually i guarantee is. you i'd go with i'd go through way less brake pads if it was autom- <laughs> auto- automatic but it'd also be driving the speed limit which today i did i did a little social clip on the way down here while you were driving? Yeah, while I was driving. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Self-driving. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> In my forearm. Yeah. Um, but as I was listening to it back to just see if I hit the things that Omar had asked me to hit, I was like, my hell, this is so loud. And then I was thinking, man, there's so much shake in my vehicle right now. Like, I, <laughs> I need an alignment, you know what I mean? And then I was thinking about brake pads, and this will probably be like the third or fourth set of brake pads I've had in that. It's you like just a, daydreaming and then slamming on the brakes? I just think I don't have very good depth perception is what it is. <laughs> so it just sneaks up on your Yeah, back. especially at night, I lock them up. Yeah. <laughs> I lock them up. <laughs> anyway, we have guests. We do have guests over here. So, yes, sitting across over there, we got Wilson and Lindsey Pike. Mm-hmm. We randomly, our friendship started quite a while ago at Total Archery Challenge. Remember that day trail? Yeah, the big sky. Yeah, we were mm-hmm. shooting and they were right behind us. They probably wanted to shoot through because we're slow. Mm-hmm. And Who won that day? Do you remember? I can't remember. Me, you, Neville? It was... Seems like it was me. I think it was you. <laughs> I would bet I would bet trail. It, wasn't, no, it might have been Neville that day. No, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the last time I ever beat Neville. Uh, roll the tape. We got to figure that out. We were keeping score. I, I won. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they were shooting right behind us and then they ended up shooting with us. Yeah. They were that slow? They were that slow. Really? Yeah. We're they slow. visit a lot. Did we let <laughs> that big group roll through, though? Because that's what we started with. We started with a really big group, and we are like, this is not fun. It was like 12 or 14 of us. It was dumb. So we broke off, and that's why I ended up shooting with them. We were bouncing group, 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 and all of a sudden they were just like, you guys cannot play through. <laughs> yeah. You guys have to, shoot with have to shoot with us. Yeah. How was it shooting with us? Were we uh, pretty decent? You guys are all right. I think I still won the overall score. But Did you? <laughs> not true that's not fake, true fake you won the whole thing of course yeah, the whole shoot the entire <laughs> shoot <laughs> best, best score, score on the mountain best for the score week. recorded for the week yeah on all targets under 25 yards <laughs> that's one levi morgan was at crispy Everybody. and you still won, you yeah. won the whole pick, thing pick mm-hmm. a top shooter yeah and you Wh- whipped yeah. him <laughs> it was my last good year 
<laughs> topped out then. It was over. How long had you guys been shooting at that point? Like just shooting bows yeah. in general? Uh, I think I got my first bow from my dad when I was probably nine years old. Oh, for a while then. Long time. Yeah. Yeah, and I got out of it for a while. I went down, I rodeoed a lot through high school and college and all that, and I didn't didn't hunt as much in those years. But when I was, I can remember being a little kid just running around the yard just with fingers and little compound bow just flinging arrows all the time. The guy I've been shooting for two years at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did he get you into it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Got me a bow for Christmas. I think it was 2019 or 2020. See, it worked for him, oh, Trail. Yeah, we had discussion the other day. Worked for me. Worked for him. It did work for me. <laughs> <laughs> worked, the, worked the opposite for me, actually. It was a turnoff. The <laughs> question, the question <laughs> is, did you, did you get her a top-tier bow? Yeah, so decked out. Oh, man. Yeah, of the year. Brand new Dang. model year. Yeah, brand new Matthews. Women's I always feel like new strings, arrows, the whole nine. I feel like deal. that's where guys make a lot of mistakes is, you know, they're super into it by themselves, super top end, and they want to get their significant other. So they're, well, we'll just get them the low end model just to see if they like it or not. And it's usually not as fun. So, I mean, when I got yeah. Lindsay, I wanted to make sure I got her like the, the best stuff out there because that way it's more fun because it's more fun when you have all the great yeah. gear. So Trail why did, not make sure they have it as well? You did custom strings, custom Cus- arrows, custom arrow wraps, strings. everything matched. Oh, yeah. Oh. All top. I went all in. Then that's nothing. Funny. Just it was a it was a big letdown <laughs> on Christmas morning. <laughs> trail, trail, trail. But, what it is. but then after that though, like Total Exchange, this was kind of fun though. Both going to those events because like you meet cool people. Mm-hmm. I would have never met you guys if it wasn't for there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then like we go our separate ways, and you go back. You guys are from Montana. Yeah. I come back to Nevada, and then it was the same year. The year after, I went to give a seminar at Western Hunting Summit. Pretty, pretty sure it's the next year. year. Next yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah, and then you guys were at the Western Hunting Summit yep. Yep. again. Then the friendship developed even further then because we were hanging out the whole time, talking yeah. about mule deer, Shooting not elk. on the mountain and yeah. mule deer, not elk. Yeah. Hadn't convinced me at Lies. that time, though. I was still I was still pretty hardcore archery elk. So Brady definitely talked about elk. You can just say it. We talked about, we saw a lot of elk. Talked about elk a little bit. But <laughs> what, what were you guys saying, though, last night in my house? You're saying um, something about how you're slow. Saying, uh, you should preface that that they're staying at your house. Yes. <laughs> yes, preface this. Brady has opened his house up, so you have to act like you like mule deer That's if you're staying at Brady's okay. house. Okay. There's a sign when you walk in the door. So. House rules. Yeah. House, house rules, no elk talk. <laughs> He yeah. should have a house rules there that says mule deer only or something like that. He just has a sign yeah. that just says mule deer, and that's all. It's one page. That's all you need to know. Yeah, I do have that in my mule kitchen. Deer. It just says mule deer. It's, it's even yeah. in his Wi-Fi password. I'm not going to say his Wi-Fi password, but Mule Deer is in it's it. It's in it? Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. It Why is. wouldn't it be? It is, yeah. But back to what you're saying. We, I did admit that after this fall and getting got to stay and try hunting Mule Deer in different terrain, it kind of is something fun about trying to find them on the mountain a little yeah. bit more than elk. I love archery elk hunting. I love vocalization and stuff like that, but I did really enjoy the challenge of trying to find a deer on the mountain. It's a little bit different than an elk elk. You can find them fairly easily if you know what you're looking for. That's why I like them. <laughs> what about you, Lindsay? I've always been mule deer all the way. With reasons? They're just cooler. They're a chameleon. No matter where they're at, they're thriving there. I mean, people say that about whitetail too, obviously, but I think no matter where you there's so many places to hunt mule deer. There's a lot of places to hunt elk too, but you don't get to as easily. And I think there's like two weeks, obviously, that most people would choose elk over mule deer, but the rest of the time. I knew they were my friends for a reason. Did you grow up hunting? Just a little bit. A little whitetail hunting when I grew up, but that was about it. Yeah, give us yeah. background yeah. on where you're from, where you grew up. How long uh, you I grew up in Big Fork, Montana. Uh, that's where I was born and raised. We only moved away from there just uh, six months ago now. Grew up on the property that I was born at, and then we uh, moved on that same property right after we got married. 
did a little bit of hunting growing up with my dad. We'd go into like the Swan Mountains there and look for whitetails. And back then I didn't have a lot of neighbors around, so we could just hunt on our property there. Now they can't do that anymore. But so I did that. I maybe killed like five whitetails growing up and that was it. So then I didn't hunt again until 2018 when we when started hunting together. Yeah. yeah. We met in 2017 and we went archery elk hunting. I think that was 18 together. Like 19. 19. And we'd done one year of rifle mule deer. Loved it. Found a giant buck. Didn't get to shoot it. Went and bedded over on private like 10 yards off, like over the fence. And I remember that was when we were like, man, this is going to be hard. It's one of those things like you could shoot it. No one would ever know. But that was like when we kind of started learning the ethics and all the things like this is going to be really fun. And uh, yeah, then the next year we went, did archery elk, fell in love with getting to do it a different time of the year. And then basically from there it was, yeah, all the time. Trying Always. to find and hunt as much as we could. Yeah. yeah. What's the dynamic like of husband and wife hunting together? Like how, you, how long have you been married first? Yeah. Uh, been married for two years. Been together almost seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So while you were dating, you were still kind of hunting together? Or yeah. Not too, oh, yeah. That's when we got That's into it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I proposed when we were elk hunting is September 7th. Yeah. I there we go. Yeah. Dang. So. Yeah. Did you, like, did you, what like, took hang, you so hang, long? Hang though? a ring on a tie or something? No, I had it in my pocket. I didn't take uh, the box with me because we had backpacked in. So like, oh, you were trying nervous, to save weight. You were so nervous about losing it, I guarantee All day in my pocket. Yeah. Kept, kept always having my hand in there. Okay, it's still there. It's still there. Imagine. Had a buddy there to video and I can remember, I can remember it. We were walking the trail back that day. It snowed on us September 7th and we saw some elk earlier. Lynn's almost actually had an opportunity. She elected not to shoot a bull. It was a little far and just not quite the right scenario. And we were headed back. And I can remember we were going down this hill. And I, was, I told my buddy, he was with us. I was like, okay. He came strictly so he could video it for me and get pictures and stuff. And I was like, and I remember walking down that hill. And I would have thought my, I was going to fall down. And I was shaking. My knees were just, I mean, I've done some things where I feel like high pressure situations, stuff like that, pff, nothing. And I had a really strong feeling she was going to say yes, even. And it was just, Get down there at the bottom. I there get, was a question. She might yeah. say no. No, I mean, but I guess you feel that way with the nerves. Like you're, the nerves make you sure. feel like this isn't going to. But you yeah. know. And so I get down to the bottom of the hill and I get in front of her and I get down on my knee and she's like, "What are you doing? Like stopped in the trail, tying your shoe. Like get out of my way." And I turn around. and I'm just like shaking. And it went great it. after that, but it was it was one of those scenarios. Oh yeah, it did go great after that. But he's leaving out that he burned my boots. For making a fire we didn't bring we didn't really like look at the weather i don't know if we didn't look at the weather well or just weather we didn't know was coming rolled in but we got a snowstorm we had like 30 degree bags snowstorm came in we made a fire and then the wind <laughs> blew the fire into my boots burned up the inside of my Her boots were soaked i was trying to dry he was them trying out. to be nice but it was one of those trying things. to do the right yeah. thing. trying to do the right thing it's the action that counts yes yeah. oh yeah we had a lot of laughs that trip <laughs> yeah it was a lot of fun what day did you propose of this hunt uh it was third day no, we had hiked in. It was just the second day of actual Sunday. hunting. Yeah. Was your yeah. ultimate goal of you were hoping to like knock an elk down and then propose? That was actually, yes. That was the top tier. It was just like go up to one and figure out how like while we were looking at it, gutting it, whatever, how to like plant that ring in there. <laughs> that did not happen. Like, so I had to go, yeah. yeah, something like that would have been, was in my head going into like, this is how we're going to do it. But I can't I think imagine. I, I, go ahead. I, was, I think I'd only been shooting my bow at that point for three months maybe yeah that would have been a miracle i think so that was a yeah lot my of, goal was to her to get the ball yeah. and then yeah make it like yeah. just the best trip she could yeah. ever imagine i mean i think it's still probably her top hunting trip you know but i can imagine oh. that. <laughs> i'd have been like let's get this over with so yeah. <laughs> just so halfway in the hike in nerves, get it out yeah, yeah. It's probably why you weren't hunting very well before then because like, you're so nervous <laughs> hunting very well we got in on elk okay no, so you did. had a chance yes yeah, i so did it was at 50 and i just wasn't not comfortable with that 
So. Go, go back. Sorry. So, I, I, I just want to know, like, the dynamic of hunting. Like, we talked about a little bit last night when we were going out to dinner. Like, what's the dyna- dynamic like of hunting with a significant other? Like, because you guys both love hunting. I mm-hmm. can tell. I mean, I've hung out with you guys a lot. But, like, just ex- explain that for people. Like, because what you do all the time hunting, you both go together. Like, mm-hmm. you constantly mm-hmm. are one and the same. Like, do you guys both go with tags? Usually, yeah. Usually. You, you both this got was the tags, first year we hunt. didn't. When we did the Colorado hunt, that was the first time that we just decided one person gets a tag for something that's new like that. I think there's no point. I mean, I, people do it, but I see it a lot where, like, four guys are going to go hunting, and they all get a tag, and they have a week. And to me, that's just, you're divvying it up way too much. So that was one of those we had five days, and I was like, you put the majority of the work in when it comes to maps and everything. Like, this is your he's, – he's put a lot of a lot of the focus on me for the past – three years it's just i feel like time like he gets to reap a lot of the benefits yeah so. it, it, i love the dynamic of it it's you have like especially with like lens and loving to hunt as much as she does like i have a built-in good hunting partner you know everybody has hunting partners stuff like that but like we work out together all the time we're strengths are different i love the e-scouting aspect of things and research and all that Lindsay could really care less about doing diving into that kind of stuff but when we get on the mountain she's women I think are a little more mentally tough than men just naturally and that aspect she's always been good there a great partner to have always up just loving to be out there because she just loves being outside so where I'm like man we're not finding games stuff like that she's just like hey we're just out here and it's we're enjoying it like it's going to turn around keep your chin up and it usually always does and so that part's nice and you can go home we can talk about it then it's just more quality time you get to spend together and I think some of your best friends you build through like adversity together, like spending time on the mountains, hard pack outs, all that. Well, it's just that much more building when it's with your spouse and you guys can just build that much more of a relationship, having to really rely on each other and trust each other's judgments and and those scenarios and Mm -hmm. things like that. Lorenzo, you hunt with your wife. You guys ever had tag the same time? We've never had a tag at the same time. We did once in Colorado, but I didn't even hunt. It just, it was all about her. It was kind of the same deal. She was new to hunting through me. So I was, I just put all the focus on her. We both had tags, but I didn't even think mm-hmm. about it. Like it was, it was just her. We have um, different uh, likes, which is nice when it comes to animals. We play the game a lot when we're driving to wherever we're going to go hunt of like, all right, you have this and this in front of you, which are you picking? And we always, almost always pick the opposite of each other. So that's nice to know. Like if we're going to go out mule deer hunting and we see a, I mean, obviously, there's a size of, like, it gets big enough. You're both like, I want it. But <laughs> if we're going to go out and we see, like, a non-typical funky 150 and a perfect 170, I might actually p- – I'm going to pick the funky 150 because I just like weird weird yeah. creatures. He's going to pick the pretty 170. So, yeah. I mean, we get lucky there if we like the different things a little bit. We definitely play the who spots it game. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get out there, it's it's still like hunting with someone else. It's mm-hmm. not like yeah. give me. You're like, no, if I spot it, you get, you get first choice at – and if you want to take it or not. Or like if you pick the spot on the map and you find something, you get to shoot it. Huh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we had to stop. Producer Cody. just had a <laughs> weird reaction to yeah. something. Oh. oh. Cody, oh. you good over there? Yeah. You need an energy drink, coffee? Yeah. He just fell asleep. Dude, I, I, lost, I lost audio. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys ever fight when you're out there? Oh, yeah. For sure. You do? Oh yeah. I mean, I can think of, I can think of a couple. Uh, it's always, I mean, it's, it's only when things are hard, you know, like when you're down and out in the luck that, if it's, it's never like you made the wrong decision. I'm so mad at you for the most part. It's usually just like a, 
toughen up a little bit, you know? Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like I said earlier. got roasted. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's true. There's some times, like, I mean, shit, you go watch these YouTube videos. Guys are out 10, 12 days, and they see a couple things, and they end up with a great buck. So you get four or five days into sitting on some water or something like that, and you're bumming. It's like, dude, perk up a little bit. Like, it's, you don't know. Come on. Like, we're hunting. What else? We could be working. That might be the best thing we've ever heard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it might but be. How's it being like going back to camp then that night? Like, sleeping in the same tent together? We usually have a good talk. I mean, we usually end up having a good talk about it. Just yeah. being like, no, you're right. Like, I'm just, I'm just down. And it's like, yeah, you're going to have down moments. This is hard, but I don't know. Look at the thing that God gave us. We get to do. Like, we get to hunt. Mm-hmm. that's a passion we share together it's something we get to do together hunting creatures people don't i mean people don't even do that anymore a lot of people yeah. don't do anything outside let alone provide their own food and make memories like this that's a great point yeah. I, lorenzo before you were married and then i mean i guarantee you've been asked this question and i've thought about it a lot but like would you would you like your your spouse to hunt with you oh we talked about this yesterday on the way to dinner last yeah. night, this was the question I gave Cody and Brady both. Really? I was like, yeah. do you want a girl that's, would they, it's like Lindsay, super into it, like wants to go all the time mm-hmm. with you, or do you want one that just like has almost not even into it and has their own hobbies? Yeah, and fully support, supports you, you going. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So? <laughs> Lay it out on the yeah, line. Yeah, Brady, I want to hear what you You got nothing to lose. You can, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, I really don't right now. Like, and no girl's going to probably listen to this ever, so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I said them to them last night. Like to me, it's kind of like a hybrid approach. Like I want them to be supportive of hunting. I would love them to love the outdoors first of all. You have to love the outdoors. You're gonna hang out with me. You have to bend down that road before. Do not work out. <laughs> so like, because like I want to be able to do. What, like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. wait, wait, what? Yeah. Stop. We, we can do more. We can do more. We can do more dating advice podcasts. Yeah. Kidding. Yeah, but like. Cause you guys can do so many fun things together and that's why I like the hybrid thing like going out camping or going on a scouting trip even though it's mm-hmm. a scout maybe it's a scouting trip for me and maybe she doesn't hunt but we're going camping together still we're still doing something fun together so it's like meaningful in a way mm-hmm. and if she wanted to hunt i'd be all i'd be all for it like i'd be totally jacked like they asked it like it was a competitive thing like if i'm too competitive to let someone else shoot something but it's like i'd be totally stoked with someone else hunting but like i explained them last night too i had a ex-girlfriend back in the day who hunted and shot we shot bows together we did everything but like it was more hiking with a weapon than it was hunting for me yeah i'm gonna go ahead and say that you went hunted yeah i I did air quotes she liked to hunt but it felt like she just liked to hike around with a weapon like we could go camping in a sense hiking with a weapon any time of the year hunting season is so short i want to go out there to hunt to find an animal to kill an animal but it was more just hey let's just out here maybe we'll get an animal maybe we won't i was like i'm too we need to go get an animal that's what we're doing today so like that's where my like more competitive side is like, mm-hmm. if you want to go hunting with me, we're gonna go hunting and we're gonna have a good time hunting and I'll do whatever I need to do to make make it fun, make it comfortable. But like we're hunting, we're not just like oh yeah, it was just casual. Let's not maybe sleep in tomorrow because we must want to hang out. Like no, we can sleep in and hang out camping in the summer or some other time of year. So and in her defense, how often did you offer just to go camping that wasn't scouting and or hunting related? Gosh, Wilson. That's a great question. <laughs> why why are you bring that? I mean, not probably. Well, you're often. over here like, oh, we could sleep in, we camp in the summer. And I, yeah. the only reason I say that is I know myself of guilty of that. That's, yeah. I think, why Lindsay had to take on the hunting so much. I am a terrible hobby hiker, hobby camper. If we're yeah. going camping or something in the summer, it's usually because I want to go scout somewhere or something like that. That's yeah. true. Like, I probably did more like that scouting type stuff, but like, I do enjoy mountains. So I, we did a lot of random hikes and stuff like that. Went fly fishing in some high mountain lakes and stuff like that. But 
got to have that hybrid approach to me. It's like, if she wants all in for, I'm all in too. Like you want to be a full on hunter and you are like, great. That means we can do things together, share those moments, practice, work out together. What do you think? Yeah. It's going to I'm trying, it's going to sound like a cop out because I mean, I'm married to her. So what else am I going to say? But I've, have found the perfect wife for me mm-hmm. because she's into it enough where like we'll do it together. We'll, it'll be a family vacation. Mm-hmm. Like she's entire, she's all for, you know, even counting it as a family vacation with us hunting with our kids. But at the same time, she knows I am an absolute degenerate and need to be selfish at times mm-hmm. and like actually go, you know, be mm-hmm. kind of weird about it where it's like, that's the only thing that matters. It's all I want to do. You know, midnight to midnight, round the clock, just all about hunting. And so, and she supports that side of it as well. So, like, I, I mean, of course, I'm going to say I have the perfect setup for me. I mean, that's why I married her. I can't really say anything else either, if, you know. So it's going to sound like a cop-out, but it's genuinely true. For me, it is, it's definitely that, that hybrid. Because the other thing, too, is like, man, if I didn't have her for our kids at home, like yeah. uh, my, uh, who knows what my kids would turn out to be? Right. Like, because sure. I would just have them. They yeah. want to go to school. Literally, like, yeah. it, you guys just aren't going to school in the fall. Like, mm-hmm. if that, if they were just, mm-hmm. if she was with me all the time on every hunt, well, then the only other option would be our kids aren't going to school, and mm-hmm. this is this is what they're gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, what about you, Trail? Because you find it with your wife. What's the next question? <laughs> 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 um, this is yeah. This is a tough one. Uh, I, the, the times that I've taken her hunting when she's had the tag, it's been great. <laughs> it's been good. I can't say that she's ever gone hunting with me. Um, and I think it's probably twofold. I don't think that she'd be super into the type of hunting that I do mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, as it turns out, I'm not that good at bending <laughs> <laughs> as far as the type of hunting that I want to do. Because when I get out there, like I, I have an objective yeah. and it's, it's always been to fill my permit with like the best possible animal I can find. And I'm pretty, I guess, selfish in that, I would say. Um, it's not that I wouldn't take her. I would, I just, it would be hard for me to like bend the way that I liked. It's like, I'll put it like this. So I don't sound like a complete asshole, (laughs) (laughs) which I don't know if I can do at this point. I don't know if I I can save it. Um, it just like means so much to me. Like, it's like my, it's, an entire year built up into like one time frame of one thing that I really want to do that is like my my only passion, really my only hobby. Um, and like the sense of satisfaction and just like self that I get from that, from like going out and doing it on my own, like I value that so highly. I think that she also recognizes like how important it is to me. Like, and I don't know that it would be her jam, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, it's, a, it's a tough question for me. It's a lot tougher than than you might think, I guess. Yeah. I don't think you sound like an asshole at all. If it, if it, <laughs> you can well, tell me if I do. You don't, because if it makes you a better person, it's going to make you a better husband, a better father, and all those mm. things to get to go have a passion like that. I mean, if you really think about it, there's so many people that live for nothing. Like, there's not one thing that drives them. Mm-hmm. So you have a thing, and our thing drives us to also be better, healthier, happier humans. Mm-hmm. It's just like you could be doing way worse. Yeah. You could just love beer. And that was your thing. And like you were just drunk all the time. Or there's just so many things. Like it could be Mm -hmm. so much worse. And the thing that you love to do also puts meat in your guys' freezer. Like that's a bonus. To preface too, I've 
I think a difference between like myself and Lindsay and then you and your wife and Brady if you found a girl eventually. <laughs> <laughs> and even Lorenzo and Taylor <laughs> is miraculously finding a girl. Find and like Lorenzo and Taylor's situation is I came into this I grew up hunting, yes, but I got out of it for quite some time and I moved back to Montana in 2016 and then kind of started like learning Western hunting then when I moved back home. And so I wasn't, it wasn't my super, I wasn't like an accomplished hunter. It wasn't what I did all the time. So I had just got into it. And so when Lindsay and I first started dating, it worked out because I was just learning the ropes of more Western hunting myself and really diving into it. And so I could bring her along with me because I wasn't like, oh, I'm so much more elevated and like, no, this, this is what I do. This is like, this is what I'm learning to love. Mm -hmm. And we could develop that together. So I think that makes a big difference too is. Yeah. Like we didn't start out backpacking or doing things like that. Like, so like what you're saying, you're asking, you'd be asking her to definitely be hunting a certain way. I mean, it'd be my preference. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and I should say in my defense, it's not necessarily her. It's just like people in general. Exactly. Mostly I hunt alone Alone. because I like being alone. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I mean, I have hunting partners. I've hunted with Lorenzo. I've hunted with Brady, mm-hmm. you know, Neville. And I've had awesome hunts, and it's it's a different type of hunt, and I love the camaraderie that goes into it. But, like, I also really genuinely just love, like, hunting mm-hmm. on my own mm-hmm. and, yeah. like, the challenge that that is. So it's not necessarily my wife, I wouldn't say. Yeah. Although I know for a fact if we hunted together, like, we'd, we'd argue. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it would be we, – we would – and the other part about me – this isn't about me. We'll go back to you in a minute. But um, I just – I really struggle like when I have somebody else with me uh, and like completely like I'm, I'm kind of an empath and that like I want to take care of them. Mm-hmm. I like want to make sure that they're OK. I want to mm-hmm. make sure that they're mm-hmm. warm and taken care of and fed and comfortable and all that. And it's like pretty taxing, mm-hmm. like and not so much like, you know, physically, I'm not packing a bunch of extra stuff for other people, but like I'm kind of catering to them and like mm-hmm. what I feel like sometimes. Not all the time, but it's just like this added like mental thing in my head. And that, this might and I, I can let go of that when I'm on my own. Well, and I think even like Lindsay and I, when we first started hunting together, I felt the same way. Mm-hmm. But then the more we hunted together, I was just kind of like, No, she's carrying you. You're, yeah, tough it up. Well, just just like I mean, she just like I don't worry about her. You know, like yeah. before I'd always make sure, oh, your boots good, are you warm, yeah. and stuff like that. And now it's just like. She knows the drill. She can she can take care of herself, start mm-hmm. fires, all that kind of stuff. I'm and just so. thinking about us going over to your Colorado buck. I slid so far down the mountain. And I mean, you, you had of heard just me going through this like icy snow. And he's like, you good? Like, yep. <laughs> that was it. And he used to be like, honey, are you okay? Oh my gosh, what do you need? Do you need, do you need anything? And now he's like, you're good? Cool. Let's go. <laughs> it's changed. I love it. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. It's a good the it dynamic, dynamics of it. Yeah. Did you guys yeah. ever hunt solo? Yeah, I was going to ask that. We, we have, like, antelope, things like that. Like, stuff like when you're going on a stock and you don't want to just think about somebody just waiting on you. That's too weird mentally. I think it takes away from the stock. So, like, things like that we have. And I think in the future, though, I'm sure there'll be times that we will more. Yeah, like, like I said, I haven't been Western hunting that long. Mm-hmm. And so I really had friends that helped me get into it and hunted with them. And then Lindsay came along that second year into it. So I really haven't done a whole lot of solo hunting so i think that's why i also don't have that drive to like i want to i want to go and plan some solo hunts and do those but right now i'm so used to just hunting with a partner mm-hmm. in a sense and even though like we hunt together i, I still make 90 percent of our decisions most of the time so mm-hmm. it's still like i'm not like oh what do you think or like letting that hinder like if we're trying to you know cut some elk off or you know find this bucket a good spot i'm not like using it as like we should sit here and plan, I kind of just trust my gut and just tell her like, "Hey, this is what I think," and she trusts what my decisions on it. But 
at the same time, if she has an opinion on something or thinks that we're doing it wrong, I don't ever hesitate to to take her opinion on it and do that. I think this year my first solo hunt was my antelope hunt. I went and shot an antelope with my bow, and that was the first time I just went out by myself and did all that. And yeah, that was pretty fun. Yeah. Did you guys camp together? Same tent? You, just, you, yeah. you lump, lump it in? Swap How gear, weird would that be? So I don't know, man. Zip together, sleeping bags. No. I'm just thinking <laughs> of a situation where I'd be like, yeah, I kind of need my own tent for a night. I'm just going to go over No, I mean, yeah, we share, we share a tent for sure. Yeah. yeah. Saving weight. Saving yeah. weight. That, Ultra it's like yeah. the one time that, that, you know, I don't care how close I am to any hunting partner outside yeah. of my wife. I am not sharing a tent. That's There's why, just we, no that's why I bring, like, that's why I bring, there's no chance. No matter with my wife, Whatever. I think Even a big tent? Like the big old TPs in the winter. Like a red cliff, like a... Four person TV, you wouldn't share that with someone else. Oh yeah, that's that's a little different. Okay. That's a little different. Yeah, I'm not talking like a little dome tent. I'm talking like a like a TV that's decent sized. Yeah, I've definitely shared that before. You ever shared a tent, another dude? I mean, big tents. <laughs> not like shared, a one person. With someone. Was, yeah, with my dad, I guess I have like a two manner. Um, other than that, no, I, can't I never think, have. I, can't I think so. And then like a one or two man, I never have. Yeah, I can't. can't is it the it. fear of like rolling over and touching hands? No, man. It's just like space. I, I look forward to that. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not that at all. I just it's, yeah, it's just like personal space yeah. and just yeah. like the time to kind of. I mean, I'm establishing myself here as kind of a, a weirdo, obviously, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I just like I like having my space. You know, like you have a hunting partner. It's great to hunt together, but like yeah. a few hours at night, you go climb in your bivy or climb in your. Yeah, you know, it's just you and your just thoughts. Just you and your and thoughts and kind of collect, collect your thoughts yeah. and have some time yeah. to yourself. Mm. And that was a weird question for husband and wife, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would have been, it would have been interesting that one. if we were like, yeah, man, we love to sleep in separate tents on different ridges, but hunt together. <laughs> yeah. Well, wait till you get, you've been married. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, so I want to jump into something, too, because yeah, obviously you said before you guys live in Montana. Mm -hmm. You guys can hunt everything under the sun. Mm -hmm. Over-the-counter tags galore. Mule deer, elk, pick up an antelope tag, turkeys, mm -hmm. bear. But you decided to go out of state this year for the first time. Oh, you already said the state, so I can probably say the state right now. I'm just, what we're going to say what the state. Unit? You can say the state. I mean, <laughs> you guys went on your first out-of-state hunt. That yeah. was yeah. first, it was your first out-of-state hunt, right? In yeah. Colorado. In Colorado. Uh, Colorado. First, like, western. Well, first we western. Did, we, we, went, we went to Kansas, Kansas last year. Stuff, okay, yeah. Via insider, knew when to buy our points, all that actually helped with a surprise with Kansas. What'd you hunt in Kansas? White How'd you guys do? Yeah, let's Good. talk about that. We both got bucks. Yeah. You did? Yeah. yeah. You're talking to two like newly whitetail addicts here trailing. Public around, land? Yeah. Uh, no, no, private land. How'd you uh, go yeah. about getting private? We just had buddies. I had some friends from college that I rodeoed with, and they we, we had just rekindled the uh, last few years, and they came out and hunted elk with us a couple years ago, and in return, they said we were more welcome to come hunt their farms there in Kansas. Yeah. I forgot about the Kansas thing. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. I apologize. No, that's all right. What was that process like for learning learning a new species? Um, well, I mean, I grew up, so I've lived in Montana since I was nine, but I grew up in the southeast. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up hunting whitetails. That was my dad. I mean, that was their thing. And my dad would go on western hunts when I was young, like before I could even go and stuff like that. And then when we moved to Montana, we still just like white, hunted whitetails quite a bit. Like living in western Montana, that's predominantly what you have is, is whitetails. So that part, but just the whole... The mental part of tree stand hunting was way more than I ever thought it would be. Yeah. Hmm. It was cold. I mean, it's it was like single digits sitting in there. 
we're hunting the rut we're there around november i think 11th or something like that so it was like prime date so you're sitting there daylight till dark and you're just sitting you bow hunting bow mm-hmm. hunting yeah yeah. You hang your own stands and no, they yeah. had stands on. Well, stands. yeah, and then the, we moved the, them around. We moved some stands around while we were there, but they had kind of had sets already in, in place and all that, and it was pretty awesome. Yeah, gotcha. we got spoiled that way for sure. Yeah, yeah. just killed good bucks too. I remember yeah, that, mm-hmm. so. yeah, I got a, my best white tail buck, and Lynn's got her my best, best white tail buck. Best in <laughs> first of the that boat. doesn't say a lot, but hers was cool. Though. It was a nine-year-old deer. Like they yeah, had pictures awesome. and, and history with it for a long time, so that was really awesome. Yeah, bodies on those Kansas white tail are just. Huge. Different. Yeah. Huge. That's yeah. what I've heard. Yeah. One day I'll experience it. Someday soon. One day soon. One day soon. Yeah, we're working on it, man. I'm working on I it. I highly recommend it, it to, if you can. It's just it's just fun. I don't know if you guys have ever hunted tree stands much at all, but mm-hmm. it's never even hung a tree stand. It's different, but it's it's fun. Yeah. Be careful. Wear your safety harness. 100%. Oh, I'll, I'll be safeed up. Yeah. <laughs> what did I just see the other day fell out of a tree? What? Oh, what's her dad? Uh, uh, Jeff Barron, I think. Yeah. Hannah Barron's yeah. dad. Yeah, yeah. He fell out of a tree? Yeah. He had a tree Damn. stand break. Broke his neck. Yeah. And Holy back. shit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's I sick. had that happen in 2018. I had a tree stand break on me. Shattered my left leg. What? You weren't harnessed up? I wasn't harnessed up. I'm going to be what, harnessed what do you think, all the way through. <laughs> what do you think happened that made that? I think yeah, recalled, the, didn't the, the stand was just, it had been hung out. Like So I had it hung and I'd taken it down, but the cables... They have like wax coatings on them and that water just got in there and they rusted right at the platform bolts there. And I'd hung that stand that night and I remember I was headed out and it was late in the evening and I wasn't going to hunt very long. My dad's like, hey, don't forget your safety harness. And I'm really comfortable in them. And I always, when in my head, I think of a tree stand accident of like someone falling asleep and falling out or just not paying attention, getting in and out. And that's how you fall. And I was like, no, I'll be all right. Like, I don't, I don't need it tonight. It's no big deal. And sure enough, you get my stand hung and I get up in there and I'm putting my, uh, my bow hanger in and getting ready to start lean over start pulling my bow up and all of a sudden just next thing you know i'm on the ground went straight down luckily it broke like a trap door and both cables snapped and went down like that and so i just fell straight straight to the ground but i mean it could have been you know one cable breaks you buck yourself out one side just way worse and oh no thanks God. yeah you say you shed your leg yeah my left one then what you do uh called my uncle luckily i had service so you're laying there at the bottom of the tree mm-hmm can't Lay walk. there. I didn't even look down at first. Like I, I could tell when it hit, I was like, "Okay, it's messed up." But I didn't want to look and it be like outside my boot or something like that, you know. And I just was like, "Sorry, this happened right when you hopped in it. So you have your, did your bow out? Was an arrow knocked?" No, my bow was coming. I landed on my bow though. Oh, so broke my quiver, about, broke like... four arrows. Luckily, I felt. I mean, I laid there and I was pretty like felt around. Like, okay, nothing sticking in me or anything like that. And then I I called my uncle and I was like, "Hey, I'm okay, but." My stand broke, and I'm pretty sure I broke my leg. And he was probably about two miles away, but I had the truck. I had dropped him off, went and parked about a quarter mile from where I was hunting. And I was like, okay, I could probably crawl to the truck. The worst part of the trip was I'd gone down to visit my family. My dad had back surgery, so I'd gone down just to hang out and take care of him while he had back surgery. And there I am two days after his surgery, breaking my leg. Yep, yep. And so, yeah, I called my uncle. He came and got me. I got a hold of my dad. He brought a four-wheeler over so they could get me out of the woods. Felt bad. I mean, he drove it over there with his after his back surgery and all that. And yeah, it was a pretty pretty wild deal. And after that, it took a long time for me to even get comfortable getting in a tree again. Oh, even safety, sure. safety harnessed up any of it. I remember the first time I went back and got in a tree. I climbed up and I just like sat there and held the tree like this and just thought about it and thought about it and honestly climbed down and was like, I'm not hunting today. It just it took a while to mentally get over that. 
Renzel, you never hunted out of a tree stand? Never. I mean, never been, you ever been up one? Like not real? No, not gotcha. really. Not not truly. I've tried it. Yeah. Like in Utah, just some mule mm-hmm. deer stuff, but never not like that. It's weird. Never done <laughs> I that. I don't like it. <laughs> have you guys? Have you ever tried to saddle? Never tried to saddle. I've hunted tree stands a lot, muleys and bears and yeah. you know whitetail, but I'll never. I've never been comfortable enough yet to shoot something out of a tree stand standing. Standing, yeah, that's yeah. even. Sitting. Like, yep. You stay sitting. Sitting. <laughs> yeah, yeah like for the, mine sitting. Yeah, she shot her sitting, and the first probably five or six times I was back in a stand, I figured out like I w- was couldn't stand. Yeah. That being on that platform, just standing like that, I just, I just was not for me for a while. It's so wild to get around those guys that do it all the time, and they're like full leaned out, hanging off the tree, hanging off one foot off their stand, shooting, and you're like. Yeah, I don't like They're so comfortable. Much. Yeah, and me either. I was in a heights guy before <laughs> it happened, so afterwards it really sat Got a lot to think it. about here. You never built a tree stand? Into this but it, it, like it, a tree fort growing up? Like learning fort? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, haven't, I don't know. I guess it's a... I, I think if you have... A tree house? Yeah, like tree house. Tree yeah. fort, yeah. Oh, I never had a tree house. Like, we grew up in those southern Utah. Probably not big enough trees to make tree houses out of. I guess, yeah. He had a sage house. That's where, like, my... I don't really fear being up in a stand because we built tree houses all the time when I was a kid. Those are way sketchier getting up into and making sure they're stable when you hop up into it. Mm-hmm. I think if you buy like quality equipment though, like I really spent after that, I bought really nice tree stands and things like that and good safety harnesses. And it's really, you're, you're good once you get all that kind of stuff and you know your equipment's good. And to me, I just like scrapped. I was like, I'm buying all new tree stands, all that. And yeah. then you don't have to worry about it as much. It's really not that bad once you get comfortable again with it. I remember I had a group of muleys uh, like up in this high alpine basin and they would kind of work up and down this drainage so that's a big big dug fur so i climbed up in there and i whirled it out and i hung a tree stand and i'll never forget the first day i climbed up in there in the dark i got up in there and it started to get light and i was like nope <laughs> right back out. <laughs> <laughs> nope this is not for me they aren't that big <laughs> i'll hunt them from the ground so yeah i pulled pulled the stand and, and bailed on sitting in a tree stand because i I'm sure that thing was way higher than it needed to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just remember thinking this isn't for me. I've since hunted out of them and I've been okay, but I, I don't like. I'm going to have a lot to think about when yeah, I finally I, do this. Yeah. I would figure it out for whitetail, you know, because I want it that bad. But I think the strategy there is like find a tree with good cover and just don't get up as high. Yeah. Like my uncle, yeah. they, I mean, he showed me pictures of stands they had back in the day. I mean, they were 25, 28 feet up in these yeah. trees. And I'm just like, why no thank you i find like down south find like a pine tree that has a lot of limbs on it and stuff then you can just get 12 foot off the ground and just hide yourself better and things like that so yeah this one was really comfortable yeah. you sway up because i was in a drainage and they would come like working on down the, the side, side hill and i thought man shit they're gonna be like eye level right so mm-hmm. i gotta get even higher <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. it was very high yeah <laughs> and the wind to blow you'd sway around up in there in it that is like, the oh. weird that is a weird feeling when yeah. it gets windy hard now Back to Colorado, I guess. Yeah, yeah back to Colorado. We took a hard look. We tailspin around that. But yeah, like, so being able to hunt mule deer, every single year over the counter in Montana, what made you decide to go out of state to hunt the same species you could hunt in your home state? To Honestly, just being greedy, wanting more deer, wanting to hunt more, wanting more opportunities to canceled. Ex- <laughs> extend our hunting season. Yeah. I mean, that's that was honestly the bottom line, and I wanted a chance to to get a really good deer and I felt like the opportunities of Montana to kill a deer were there. It just maybe not to find the quality and just the hunt experience overall. I, I have friends that kill great deer and they spend a lot of time up in the mountains, but they see 
four deer, five deer in, in the season, but it's going to be a good one. And I just wanted the opportunity to, to hunt the terrain I wanted to hunt more than anything. Like Montana, to get your quantity, you're going to hunt in a certain part of the state. You're going to see a lot of deer. And then it's not going to be quality. And then you can go to a state like Colorado who has the quantity and quality in certain units. And you're going to hunt terrain. Like I wanted to hunt mountain deer, found a unit that, that fit that, you know, had the terrain and just wanted to be able to go experience an out-of-state hunt and also just go hunt somewhere new. I mean, you kind of hunt the same over and over in your home state, and it's awesome, but it's all always fun to go be able to try a new area as well. So it sounds like you're, you're like partially chasing adventure. Mm-hmm. You're chasing, you want to hunt some big mountain deer. Yeah. You want to try something new, figure out some new hunting style maybe in a way. Yeah, do don't, don't get me wrong. I, we wanted to, to succeed and, and harvest on the hunt in Colorado, but at the end of the day, it was just an adventure. Like I wanted to go try our wits like we've been pretty successful we we usually fill most of our tags each year back home and just wanted to go see what it was like to if we could do it somewhere else and just yeah, chase yourself. that adventure and just see what it was like hunting high elevation and different different places mm-hmm. uh so obviously i know you guys you guys are insiders no shameless plug there but like <laughs> how'd you guys utilize like how to find a hunt then because um, like you could have gone a lot of different places, but you yeah. said you want to chase certain habitat, certain terrain, and then like using the tools. Like, what did you do to try to find the hunt? Right, which you end up drawing. So I'm not. I didn't have a high point holder in Colorado, and so I just used like filtering 2.0 to figure out what I could draw my first year, and then figure out what the ter- used it to figure out like the terrain that matched that. Like going through the unit profiles, reading the different like the habitats of the actual terrain. So I knew like, I mean, cause Colorado, you could hunt front hunt. So you're going to hunt lower country. You can hunt Eastern Colorado. You can hunt mountainous. And then I also wanted to have certain criteria. like, I wanted a mountain hunt, but I didn't want to just hunt like straight timber. Like, you know, where I grew up in Northwest Montana, that's what you're hunting. You're hunting, you're going to be tracking bucks and things like that. Not a lot of glassing. I wanted to be able to glass country. So I used a lot of filtering 2.0 just to really go over the units and the profiles of each unit to narrow it down. And then I had a certain class of buck. Like if I'm going to be spending time to leave and you know time off work and all that like I wanted a, a chance to at least kill the kind of quality buck I wanted to as well like so I set those parameters in there as well I wasn't just like find a unit with deer I was like no I want to make it worthwhile if I'm going to be driving and and trying not not saying I had to kill the biggest buck in the unit but I wanted a chance to just go out there and have a good chance of like if I saw 150 inch deer being like well that is the top end of this unit and that's not kind of what I was looking for mm-hmm. for an overall hunt did you did you uh so like yeah, you're leave, you're basically leaving mule deer to find mule deer. Yeah, the thought ever crossed your mind like, you know, like why am I leaving Montana? What if I just put some more effort in your home state? Like, you just like I said, chase an adventure, chase something new. That's what yeah, and I felt like we'd put pretty good like effort in the past seasons. Like this year is different than most. We changed jobs, moved like Lindsay said, we moved, and so I had to work a lot more. But in years past, I mean, we spent probably forty to sixty days of fall out hunting. Like we've been really blessed worked our schedules that way to where we could just go out and spend as much time as we wanted to hunt. And I feel like I had seen not every deer out there, obviously, but hunted enough to know like kind of the class of bucks we would see in most places that we would hunt and things like that. And so I just wanted to, I mean, Colorado has a reputation of great deer and this year it was a great moisture level in a lot of the, a lot of parts of Colorado. So antler growth was going to be good. And just kind of looking at profiles of like, I mean, the unit I picked had had a burn in recent years. And so it just, those aspect of things that I wanted to try out and just hunt a mountain deer that I felt like was more obtainable in that state than where I live. You mentioned earlier, you love doing a bunch of e-scouting. Mm-hmm. So how'd you go about e-scouting some like a terrain you've never really hunted before? How's um, that process for you? Well, I, 
luckily I have a friend like yourself who gave me some <laughs> tips on like just more of just like aspects to look at and yeah, yeah we what were, talk, were talking a lot about aspects and yeah, like, like, train analysis yeah and like, like what I'm looking slopes at, are going to be on exactly and, and so like using terrain analysis and like even elevation band tools to narrow it down to you know northeast above 8,500 foot and north facing slopes and just things like that to really narrow it down and then looking like what can you actually glass this country and I never really hunted a burn much. So once we really got down there, I realized like burns are pretty, like pretty glassable, pretty cool to hunt, but it was more of just on the East scouting side, just really trying to figure out, okay, there's a trailhead here. You know, the main trail goes up this Canyon, but there's this Canyon right off of it that I really just feel like a lot of places like that. That's where I like to hunt is not maybe super far in, end up shooting my buck fairly far in, but like hunting two, three miles in, on just stuff that's just right off the beaten path a little bit. Like, you know, the main trail is going to go here. It's going to divert to all these other trails that are six, seven miles back in. Then just find, oh, this canyon, it might have to get up and over into it, but it's just right there. And just finding stuff like that and just trying to find what people overlook. I think a lot of people overlook areas to try to chase that adventure aspect of it. What was the one piece of advice I I gave you that we think we talked about the other day that, like, Renzo and Trey like to make fun of me about a lot. I think you told me you're like you're like just stick at the truck and just stay as low as you can for as long <laughs> as you can. Man, it works awesome. <laughs> it does work great. No, I can show you. <laughs> <laughs> no, Brady did tell me like talking like the snow wasn't quite there when I was there, so I asked him. I was like, "Do you think?" I was like, "I've looked at a lot of stuff that's around close to that ten thousand foot mark. Like, do you think it's worth going high?" And he's like, "I really do." And the first day we were there, so I'll preface the whole story is. <laughs> We are leaving our house and we're only about 35 minutes away, 40 minutes. And I realized I forgot my license and me just being me about it. I was like, ah, oh, we'll just go I'll print, get one printed when we get down there. Well, we get down there and sure enough, the fishing game office isn't open. Yep. And so I was like, all right, cool. So we're just like, we'll just go scout it. And so I did actually spend some time driving the lower stuff when I first got there because the spot I wanted to go to, we wanted to backpack into it. And I didn't want to just do that just to backpack out to have to go buy the license. So I kind of ran through the low country to see. And that's just where, I mean, that's where everybody is. You know, everybody, mm-hmm. it was a later season hunt. Didn't see a single deer low. Hmm. So that's why I wanted to preface that because I know some other people were hunting. Let's say. Sounds like you were looking in the wrong spot. That, I mean, you weren't <laughs> looking some, close enough to the roads, honestly. I know some other people <laughs> yeah. in the area you were at, and they were hunting low, and they did not have very good success at all. Like you said, they were not seeing deer. Yeah. And I think you could have seen deer. There was just so many people. That's the and thing, just, yeah. We go to Colorado for an adventure. Like, you don't want to see yeah. a bunch of orange vests everywhere. You're, you're going to see some. I mean, that's just the world we live in now. But I want to see one or two. I don't want to look out and be like, oh, 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 yeah. oh. Like yeah. we're sharing this small area with five other people. And like you mentioned earlier, you're kind of finding like barriers of entry. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I was talking about trying to find places that people just don't want to go. So you're like, we're going to backpack. Mm-hmm. You guys went and just went further than other people wanted yeah. to go. Mm-hmm. This is this the second season, third season? It was the third season. Third season. Yeah. 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 And so yeah, it was just, uh, and so found then, so actually, so we have to go. And then that was on a Saturday because the way we had to work Friday. And so we got to leave Friday night drive down there and so the opening day we didn't really get to hunt well I, mean, I wasn't really planning on it anyways i knew i had to be driving down from montana and then so the next day was a sunday again still Fish. not open <laughs> office still wasn't open so then we just decided i was like you know what i'm tired of just seeing people so we just like we'll just hike into this spot is like two and a half three miles in and we'll just see what we can find and then we'll figure out the game plan for the next day we'll load up the packs and then we'll just backpack in once i have a tag in my pocket again and so we go in there and we find, uh, we actually all day spent all day sitting on this knob where I could see about three miles up Canyon and about two miles down Canyon. 
And it, that was when I was like, man, like deer are hard to find. Like you just sit there and you feel like you can see so much country. And this is my, we got like 11 o'clock in the morning. I was just like, all right, I'm bored. Like I sitting here, been glassing since daylight and nothing. And so I just walked 60 yards up the ridge. Lens was taking a little snooze. And I was like, I'm just going to go for a stroll and see what was around. And I just turned and turned my glass on the hill. We've been looking at all day and just had moved 60 yards and spotted eight does bedded. They're like 600 yards away. I was like, man, like, okay. So then it changes in your head. Like they're there. You just mm-hmm. got to look for them and to kind of realize what they looked like. I was like, okay, maybe I've missed some deer and sat there and found a few more deer throughout the day and then just waited all day and didn't see a single deer till it was about half hour before dark. I spotted a group of does like two and a half miles up Canyon. And there's like a small, a small buck with it. And I'm just like, dang, all right. Well, it kind of, so at this point in my head, I'm like, we're going to have to figure out, we're going to have to go deeper, something different. And then all of a sudden I see a, a really nice buck walk out. And I was like, dang. So I get the scope on him, get did some digiscope footage, but it's way too far and I don't have a tag anyways. And so we're just like, well, we'll plan on just being back here in the morning. But that plan was that I was have to bring Lindsay back. And this is going to be her first, like, she's going to have to hike in three miles in the dark by herself to go sit on the knob and hopefully find the buck in the morning. And so that that's where we go back to like having a good hunting partner and then it being someone that, you know, you really trust. And she, yeah, she did an awesome job next morning. I dropped her off and I had to go wait till the office opened at 8 a.m. to get my, to get my license. And she went in and sat in there and glassed deer all morning. Did you find the buck nice. in the morning? Uh, I found a couple of bucks, didn't find that buck. And then, like I told you the day, found a lot of people in really weird spots. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of figured out where not to go. Found that same group of does and a couple like last day or bucks. Um, and by the time he got in, I just told him that, and so we just packed up stuff and headed like two or three more miles in, just to get some new vantage. You hear a lot of gunshots. I didn't. I think I heard like one over the ridge. Um, there's a lot of elk hunters in the area, yeah. so I mean, I was I kind of figured that's what most of them were, and we did run into some a few different guys that shot some bulls, but not a ton of gunshots actually. But that time of year, it's. Well, we've talked about it a lot, but your second and third season, you're like right on the kind of the brink of that rut. And you might, yeah. it's so frustrating because you might see a buck and mm-hmm. then you might never see that buck again. Is he just moves through country checking does? I yeah, think the, exactly. the weirdest part was probably mentally getting ready for the hunt. We were talking about, you know, just camping and like a ton of snow, stuff we hadn't done before. And then we got up there and one day we're sitting there. And, I mean, I was napping. I do that a lot. But I was <laughs> napping, and it felt like that sun on me felt like 75 degrees outside. And I think that was weird mentally, too. And one of the reasons we're like, let's just try to get up where there is snow. Is just like, if we don't want to be in this, these bucks with these big coats don't want to be in this. And it was, just, it was just too warm out. So I think that was a big factor of just getting in, getting into the shade, and away from kind of all the sunny spots. Hmm. But you're like... The whole time you're slowly piecing together the puzzle too, mm-hmm. which is like mm-hmm. a huge strategy. Like I said, you checked the low stuff, don't really see anything, found a lot of hunters, went and did something else, started finding some deer, start changing your plan to go further, find where they're kind of at, changing your plan again, getting further to get in like the spot where the where the bucks wanted to be. Yeah. And uh well walk through that uh the buck you shot. That's a pretty cool buck. Well, I wanna know. So you packed up from that spot so mm-hmm. once you got your tag and you went in there and met back up with mm-hmm. her we didn't have backpacking stuff at that time though Mm-mm. you guys just kept hiking we just kept hiking in further yeah. Further. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. so it's still a day hunt we went to i went to the where i'd wanted to get to like where i thought that buck from the night before it came out i was like i could shoot him from here and you know we we're going to go about two and a half more miles up the ridge get a good vantage to where if he came out again i'd have a good shot yeah. or a good play to get closer to shoot him 
And uh, at that point, because we had, yeah, that morning we were like, you know, I was like, to get even max distance, it's above about four miles, but I was like, we can day hike that. Like, we can make that work. It's not a huge deal. Um, and just in case, I didn't, I didn't want to get pinned into the spot yet because we hadn't seen a whole lot of deer. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to just take all our stuff in and then get it back there and only see, you know, a handful of does again and not the right buck and just be like, well, shit, here we are. Yeah. And so I, I, we've kind of like, like the, we're not afraid to get it up early and hike the even four to five miles in and like just the mobility of having almost just like a truck camp. It just, we've kind of got used to that and it just, it affords you a little more amenities at night and things. And you might have to expend more energy hiking in and out until we find somewhere we really like and want to backpack into it. We've been bad about marrying ourselves to spots before. So we've just been trying really hard in the last couple of years to get away from that. I had a couple successes in areas or found really cool animals in a spot, which then makes us want to go back every single year, every single weekend, all the time. And that's good to an extent, but also sometimes you just need to venture off to new places. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so I, we hike in and we get up to that knob where I wanted to sit and we had classed a guy down there. I think it was a shot share that morning. Those two guys, they had eight goats and a dead bull. And uh, that was, I'll tell you after, we'll get to those guys here in a little bit. But uh, so we get on this knob, we're sitting there and we're glassing around and I spot about, I don't know, 800 yards away. There's three bulls coming bed down in front of us. Actually three really nice bulls. So there in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm holding a deer tag, but I've also got a hunting license. I could run down, buy an elk tag, but I'm like, okay, I'm here to try and find deer. And so that kind of put the kibosh to that one. And they just stayed bed there all day. And so we were watching the area where those deer were and didn't really see anything. And I just happened to, to go around the ridge we were on and just change my aspect of where I was glassing. And I glassed down Canyon and I spot, oh, there's a doe. Okay, cool. And, uh, and I see a buck bedded above her and he's just like head, like literally head laid down, just wore out. I was like, okay. I was like, well, he's not really what I'm after. But, and all of a sudden I see, like I'm watching them and the, and they're a mile and a half away and he just jumps up and looks and runs, but almost like he had winded something. And I was like, man, there's no way it's us. I was like, shoot, there's other guys down there. And all of a sudden I look and I see the buck I'd spotted the night before coming up out of the draw to bump his does. And I was like, there he is. Like, and then this buck the night before, I was like, this is a buck I want love to shoot. Mm-hmm. He's about 27 inches wide, heavy, just a good representation of a mature Colorado buck. Like what you go to Colorado on a easier tag and hopes to find mm-hmm. dark horned, good forks, like good 170 inch deer. And so I was like, okay. So if we, I was like, if we look on my maps, I'm like using the range finders, like they're there. Okay, sweet. I can like, if I can, we can get here. I think we can make a shot to him over there. And so we bombed down the ridge and I, we go by the guys taking care of their elk. And the reason I say I get back to them is I walk up to these guys and one guy's in pajama pants with Santa Claus on him. Love it. And Colorado, Colorado <laughs> the, other guys, special man. Yeah. the other guy's just rocking a tie-dye t-shirt and they got their nine goats around there. Just and drinking just Mountain Dew and drinking Mountain it. Dew and just... And we're That's talking, a Utah thing, we're, though. We're, we're five we're miles. They probably were from Utah. We're five, <laughs> yeah. we're five miles in and these guys are just chugging their Mountain Dews and their pajama pants with their goats. And I was like, these guys are... They're doing it. And they shot a really cool bull. Like, they had success there. Yeah. And uh, did you ask them what the reasoning is for the pajama pants? And no, no. I didn't. It was, a, it was quick. Lynn's talked, stopped, and said hi to their goat. And I, I wanted was, to get goats, so I was pretty like, tell me about these goats. And I just kind of kept like, hey, I got a buck over here spotted. I'm just letting you guys know we're going to go try to make a play on it. And just kind of got through there. And then we get to this ridge, and we're like, shoot, like, they weren't there. I was like, crap. And so I get the tripods back out again. And all of a sudden, Lynn's is like, got him 
was like, perfect. And so we get good position. I had to go back up the ridge about 25 yards to find a good flat spot and get everything laid out. And it was about 650 yard shot. And Lens had it on the digiscope and I'd practiced quite a bit. I'll preface way back to the second time I ever met Brady. We were shooting at the hunting summit and he gave me just a lot of tips on how to become a better rifle shot. Like how to hold your hand, how to work on pressing your trigger instead of squeezing and pulling and Pressing, and pressing, pressing the trigger. He's a pro. And, uh, and so I, I took that to heart, and I took a lot of practice of like dry fire rounds and all that kind of stuff at the house, and and just try to really work on because I love bow hunting to start. I mean, that's my favorite. I love shooting my bow, tuning my bows, all that kind of stuff. And so I just kind of took that into the rifle aspect, and so I felt really comfortable. My rest was really good. Had a good level uh, on my bubble and all that, and just I got him in my scope. He was quartered away, and I just put it on him and just exhaled and just pressed that trigger and went off but it, it was right at the ridge line and the sun was going down so as soon as i shot even though like i didn't really come off in that much it was enough to put a glare in my scope and i was like it looked like it hit but i was just like dang yeah and lens was like he's down and i was like <laughs> here you we sent, go you sent me the digiscope footage you made an absolute phenomenal it was an awesome shot, shot. yeah it was pretty awesome it's, it's a pretty classic looking to you like yeah. you said you wanted that cool mountain mm-hmm. thing burn like yeah. snow like that was really cool. And so that's when the real adventure starts. So, I mean, you're talking, I'm shooting across Canyon, and then I was like, okay, cool. And then Look it's down. like this, looking yeah. down. You know, we've got 800 down, another 800 back up just to get to him. But, I mean, that was just all part of it, and it was just awesome. And then trying to find him once you get over there. So another times, you know, it's like that steep, and you're like, shoot, he kind of rolled this way. And yep. looked like he landed by that log, but was it? But that log looks the same. Did you use the range finder I did. I was, I was, yeah, yeah, he did use it, and so it actually put us within 15 yards of yeah. finding him. Used it. I was like, okay, so we shot from here and trying to figure out. So I was like, he's like right at 670, and I think, you know, using my looking at my maps, like if it's this knob, it should be positioned. It should be like right in here. It should be where he fell down it. and. Sure enough, I think I pinned exactly where I shot him at, and he had rolled about 15 yards yeah. down. Yeah, I mean, give us a quick rundown right rangefinder tool. Just for, I mean, we've, we've talked about it before, but give us a quick, we've, we've noted it a couple times, but for somebody yeah. that's potentially new to it. Yeah, so the rangefinder tool to me is like, it's a multi-use tool. You can use it, like I said, you can use it stocking an animal for archery. You can use it for marking a kill location. But basically, so every time I, let's say this situation, you shot an animal, so... I like to mark exactly where I killed that animal. You're talking on your Google sh- Maps. On Google Maps, right, but I shot it. So right there, I'll mark <laughs> so let's it. Let's bring it down. Google Maps. Mark <laughs> from the beginning. <laughs> okay. From, from, from the beginning. Okay, yep. So I, I know, okay, let's say, what was your distance? 670. 670. So you pull up the map. On the right side, there'll be a toolbar. Depending on how you set it up, I have my toolbar stuff on the right. You tap a little plus icon. It'll pop up a little section. You click tap on range finder. So it's going to open up a range finder. So basically, it's taking your little blue dot location. It's going to plot a line in a straight line where your phone is, is facing. And then face your phone where you, where you shot the animal from. Yep. So then you're going to, uh, if you didn't know the range or whatever, you would just pull up a range finder and range 670, but you knew the range is 670. So you're going to zoom out. So you go a little bit past 670 yards. I usually go like 750, 800 in this situation. And then you're lining that where it needs to be. You tap uh, the yardage in there. So you enter 670. Now it's going to have a little reference pin on that line out in front of you on your phone. So you're like basically mm-hmm. looking, I like to use satellite imagery for this too, mm-hmm. but you can use Topo as well. Topo sometimes is really valuable. I'll switch back and forth and double check it's in the same spot. So now when I have that waypoint set at 670, uh, now I'm moving, holding my phone in my right hand, moving it back and forth, looking at the terrain, and I'm looking up at the terrain of the hillside to exactly where it's at and where it's exactly going to be. I'll tap and mark it. So that means now that is where that buck is potentially mm-hmm. dead because I had the yardage, I knew where it was at. And then now you have a reference. That's what's key because now you have that reference point, like he's saying. So now I'll mark exactly where I killed or shot from. 
and now I have the reference point of the mm-hmm. animal. So now you have a greater chance to find it. Let's say it's dark out, mm-hmm. and you're gonna drop down that cane and come all the way up. Like now you're, it's pitch black out. How are you gonna find where this animal is? Well, at? it was, and that was my biggest worry. Is just yeah. like, dang, it's getting dark. Like I don't want to not be able to find this deer. Yeah, just because it was dark. Yeah, so now you have that reference. Like I said, you, I've walked up on you know one of the raghorn bulls I killed a couple of years ago. Same situation. It was like 15, 20 yards away from it. So instantly you can find. You're not wasting your time going up and down trying to find it. Mm-hmm. But also I've used it to help kill animals. I'd be able to like, all right, the animal is right there. He's 1,400 yards away. I'm going to mark that spot. And now I'm going to take a line measurement tool after I've used the rangefinder and line measure from that spot where I think that buck is to all these little ridge lines around there. Because I'm trying to find the distance, closest mm-hmm. distance I could get to make a shot. So like, oh, if I get to that ridge, it's 700 too far. But if I get to this one over here, it's 400. So now I'll mark that waypoint as well. So now I'll try to shoot around, get around that ridge. And I know if I get there, the buck's somewhere down below me. I'm within kill right. distance, and now I can just try to relocate that buck and take a perfect shot. I think a mistake a lot of people make, and I've made it a lot of times, is not marking where you shoot from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like not dropping that pin. Because then you're like, well, I was right over there, and I think we were about right in here. And then you're trying to range find it, where if you, when you mark where you shoot from, you can just go to that spot and like go to waypoint. Yeah. Like, oh, no, I'm only 580 yards here, you know? And that was a big, that's something that I did a lot this year that I hadn't done in past years, is just mark where you shot from. Because yeah. then you're always kind of wondering a little bit. You think, oh, I was laid by this bush, but... Yeah, yeah. and like back in the day, I always take photos, and we always know how that goes. Like you take a photo, like, oh, there's a burnt log hanging across <laughs> with a white one yeah, sticking straight up. Exactly. You get over there, like, oh, there's a hundred of those. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brady, Brady lost me a long time ago. I'm a straight blackout in the moment. I don't care if it's a hundred or six hundred. Like I just straight blackout, don't remember anything, yeah. and I just want to walk right towards the animal. Mm-hmm. And I never find it. Yeah. And it's like, that's been a long time of my life of that. Me so too. now, the rangefinder, it's like a sole use for me. Yep. It's like, mark where I shot, mark, make sure I mark that. And then I black out and go out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like, but that, I've really had to focus on just, mm-hmm. just oh, a little too. thing. I'm like, shoot one, especially if you see it go down. I'm just like, all right, I'm going to I'm straight get it. blackout mode. Yeah. I don't remember mm-hmm. anything. Have you used it bow hunting at all, Trill? Making a stock? Mm-hmm. Haven't yet? No, I'm old. Old school. <laughs> old school. <laughs> Win a little. Well, win judgment yeah. doesn't even take a wind checker. Just yeah, I haven't. I, I'll take pictures. Yeah. I've done that, and I'll I'll take a photo of it. Drop a you know a pin. I I do a lot for uh, like landmarks. You know, I'll, I take a long time to like look at an animal through the scope and like observe different landmarks. You know, is there a dead tree? You know, how close is that animal from dead tree or whatever landmark that it is? But no, I I pretty well put the old phone away. <laughs> just so go strange. straight predator. Yeah. That's it. He yeah. just, exactly. he knows where to go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, the range fire tool. Key. Key. Get it. Use it. Be more successful. How was the back out? Uh, it wasn't actually terrible. It was, we were about five and a half miles in, but it was all downhill back. To, besides, we had to go over one peak, like where the buck was, to go up the ridge, kind of skirt around and drop back down the canyon we'd came up. But I mean, other than that, it wasn't, it took us some time just with the distance. It was distance. icy because it had been getting icy because it had been like warm in the day, then cold mm-hmm. at night. Yeah. But I mean, I think we left the buck at like 630 at night and we we're back to the truck by almost 1030 or so, you know, just taking our time to get back. We, we boned it out there. And so we just packed it out one trip hole. And it's the beauty of a deer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why they're <laughs> that's what's nice. superior. Yeah, animal. it is. <laughs> that part definitely is. Yeah. That's. Yeah, so that that pack out actually wasn't terrible. It was the pack out two days later on Lindsay's buck when we got back to Montana. That was that sucked. Yeah. But yeah, so we left Colorado and oh, well, we get back that night and us knew I still had three days off of work left. And I was like, 
because she had mentioned like there's some hot springs she wanted to go check out around there. Because even though she loves to hunt, she does also like doing things like that as well. That's and me, yeah. that's fun. I was, adventure. Yeah, yeah, we'd been on we'd been on See the hunt, my new. hunt, and so I was like, well, I was like, do you want to go spend? We can go check these hot springs out, or we have three days. We can try to go fill your Montana deer tag. No hesitation. She's like, let's go film a Montana deer tag. I was like, sweet. And so we just packed up that night. And I was looking on maps because I was like, we're already so far from home. Let's go try to hunt another part of Montana we'd never been to. And so we did. We drove, got up next morning super early, loaded up, and just headed north. And then went and scouted that night, found like 10, 12 deer, not really super promising. I was like, dang, not again. <laughs> and so then we set up camp. We were just kind of scouring maps. Normally, I, this is the past. This was our our go-to just sitting in the tent trying to figure out the next day and lately that's not how i normally like to do it so yeah. it's kind of like felt weird not having a plan but i was like you know i think if we go here this next morning there's not going to be a lot of guys in here i think if we get in on the spot we can hike in and do some glassing and i thought i found the perfect glass and now when we get there next morning we spot four deer and i'm like man this not is tough. a killer sunrise yeah it was <laughs> killer killer sunrise and then we're just getting ready to head out and i was just like you know i'm just going to glass this go up to this little bit taller peak and glasses one spot and I see a group of deer that are about two and a half miles away. And I was like, oh, that's a good buck. And so I pulled the glass up and I let Lynn see it because it was her hunt. I was like, that a buck you want to go after? And she was instantly like, yeah, I'll at least get closer to it. And so this time, since they were far enough away, I couldn't really get like a range finder to kind of reference. So I'm like trying to use a range finder and reference it. I was like, "Ah, I think they're, I think this is where they're at. And so I pin it. And so we head down to it and it's like it's eastern montana so it's not like big mountains but the coolies are steep you know like it's you're gonna have almost straight up and down coolies go to so we go and i'm like okay if we go up this ridge here they'll just be right over here and so sure enough it's a bomber of a ridge and we're going up it and Lindsay and i had split up she didn't like the direction i was headed she thought she knew a better route <laughs> and uh how'd that work out for you fight on the mountain not well not well I get up to the top and I'm like looking around, but so I'm ahead of her and I look over and I realize that we were one ridge short. Like I, we needed to go one more and I was like, crap. That's I'm the like, thing about that country is it yeah, all looks the same. Exactly. It's never ending. Yeah, that that yeah. badlandy stuff is so fun to hunt, but it, it just all it's blends never ending. and it looks the yeah. same. So I'm looking around and I'm like, where is Lindsay at? And no cell search or anything like that. And walking up and down the ridge, can't find her. And all of a sudden I just see her. She's just sweating. Yeah. And she's like, I fell down the hill <laughs> and rolled. And I was like, I was like, God, that sucks. I was like, but you know what sucks worse is suck to suck. We've got to go yeah, down. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I was like, we got to go down. Well, because that point, I was like, if you would have just followed me, we would have been fine. But I'm over here trying to gain some independence, and now I'm like, never mind. That's <laughs> And I was like, I was like, well, we've got to go down this back and back up the next one if you still want to try to get him. And at this point, in my head had been quite some time i'm like he's not going to be there like he was rutting does hard i was like but they're not going to be there and so we go down we come back up and sure enough they're there like right where we had left them and i was like oh, thank goodness and so it was a little further like lens she hasn't shot quite as much as me so we wanted to make sure we got her a little closer than what what i had shot at and kept ranging and just worked out the wind was perfect we could work behind this ridge and get closer and got her within an effective range she shot or she could shoot and i was like whenever you're ready like this buck is kind of pushing does and they're about to get ready to go up and over this ridge i'm assuming just bed down for the day and i was like if you want to shoot them go ahead and also next about time i could get that out just poof, when i had the binos up she has the image the sig image stabilizer yeah. and i was just watching and i could just see it just boom nail him and i was like nice awesome it was a lot of fun yeah so we get down there to him and i was like oh this will be easy pack out but 
just to pack in a couple of days before wears on a guy just enough and you're just like dang yep. i'm a little tired we were also just so unprepared for success that day oh yeah we had like no water and just we were like we, had, we hadn't hiked in that far, yeah we hadn't hiked in that far from the truck on our original glassing spot and so we planned if we didn't see them we we're just going to drive somewhere else and then just happen to spot them far enough away they're like oh, let's just go for it yeah. and something that i thought would be back to the truck by no later than 11 o'clock i think we got back there about 4 45 that night yeah it was perfect. a lot of fun oh, always fun though Sounds like a trip of all trips. It does, yeah, really. It was. It's mule deer sabbatical. I think we've been chasing <laughs> chasing something like that probably since your first archery elk, which mm-hmm. back then was just such an adventure for us. Oh, yeah. The first time we did that. She was so. with me the first time I shot a bull with my bow, and it was her first Called it hunt. in. She borrowed her dad's pack, and it was, it was an Everly sock that was way too big for her and all that, and it was just an adventure. Yeah. yeah. Spent a lot of miles packing it out and stuff, and I think that's what that was like what solidified her really wanting to just her love for it and that's always what we're just after no more than anything is yeah we want to kill the awesome critters but just that adventure of like remember that trip. yeah yeah is there anything you learned or would do differently on your colorado hunt because it's like an out of state do you like gear wise or when, when you're 30 minutes from home and your wife's like hey we forgot your license we should probably turn around i think you should probably turn around <laughs> 30 minutes yeah, uh, yeah but i mean i don't think so i i it sounds like arrogant or cocky saying that, but I think we did a pretty good job. I mean, reality, we hunted for a day and a half and I got to shoot a great buck. And I, I really just think that pays into a lot of, you got to spend the time before you go. You've got to research your units. You've got to, even like on like the filtering tube, scroll to the bottom of the unit, read guys' comments, mm-hmm. learn like, I mean, don't even have to ask questions. You can just read through them and you can learn, oh, this was way thicker than they thought or i mean guys are pretty good with information because a lot of people that's a once every five years are going to get to go out west or once every 10 years so they're they're pretty cool with putting like hey i I hunted here and i didn't see anything or i went in this far and all i saw and there was horse camps everywhere and just that kind of helped narrow it down for me is we don't have stock or anything so you're in your head you're thinking man you should really like going deep is going to be but you pull up to a trailhead and there's eight horse trailers there and so i'm like okay these guys are going to be deep and then most guys are gonna only stick within that mile and a half to two miles from the truck. So if you're willing just to stretch it out to four or five miles and then kind of hunt that in, I think you can find a lot of success. And I think you just can't overlook, like so, there's just so many, like people just like, they drive to a trailhead and they're just like, oh, there's so many people here, I'm like not worth hunting, but I just don't think that's true. I just think you gotta kind of think around what everyone else is thinking. And I think that's just what we did with Colorado. And, I, and that's just my biggest takeaway is just still just, we didn't change our hunting tactics much from how we hunt here. It's just a different location. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's cool about deer too is there's when there's two of you, there's really nowhere you can't go. I mean, when you have an elk tag in limited amount of time, you're always thinking about like, how are we going to get this elk out of here? How many trips is going to take us? And just things like that. I mean, you have a deer hunt and you're like, there's nowhere we can't go because we can just throw this on our backs and get it out. Yeah. Unfortunately, he has to hunt with a female, so there's no one trip in an elk for us. <laughs> I don't think there's one trip in an elk for anybody. Uh-uh. There's a lot of guys to try for sure. Yeah, I mean, they I've might leave it. some stuff behind. It. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a lot of fun. Yeah. What do you guys do for work, if you don't mind me asking? No. Um, go ahead. I would say we, for a long time, we used to work together um, building houses. And then the last six months, we just moved and he became a ranch hand. Yeah, I work on a ranch. Where'd you move to? Uh, Wilsall, Montana. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a beautiful area. It's spot with my friend he's the ranch manager there and we've we always go visit and we loved it and we worked did construction for her dad and then he retired 
And so we went and I actually worked for an outdoor apparel company for a year, just doing road sales for them. And it was a lot of fun. It just wasn't, I don't know. We just wasn't really for us, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, I felt like at that point it kind of transitioned to how we thought about hunting. Like they wanted us to get content and all that kind of stuff. And it put an pressure on us that we never had before. We felt like it was a job to be out there hunting that before it just, we can relate sometimes. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it just almost takes a little bit of the joy out of it. And it's cool. Like, so, but we got good cameras, got to be able to take pictures and things like that, but it just kind of sucked that out of it. And so that ended and we went home and we started doing projects. We were like, let's just, we love building. We love working with each other. I mean, been really blessed. We hunt together. We work together. Just, yeah. I don't think a lot of guys get as lucky as I have to have like literally like everybody says it's my best friend's or wife, but no, like literally my best friend is my wife. I person I want to spend all my time with and do everything yeah. with. And then I had an opportunity. We were doing that for a while building and it just, the building is just way different than it used to be. You know, mm-hmm. it's just hard to count well, on where people. Where we lived at is growing like crazy too. And we were just craving something smaller. We mm-hmm. both grew up in that area small i mean it wasn't brady knows it's and it wasn't podunk before but it definitely wasn't the size it is now and it's just grown so much we were just craving something different so when that opportunity kind of came up yeah we went we saw my friend for uh, memorial day weekend and he was just talking about man i could just really use another guy out here on the ranch and on the way home i was like i was like we always hate going home from here like what do you think so the next day i called him told him i was like i don't need an answer now you've been one of my best friends since we moved to montana just think about it because I, I know like hiring a friend that's hard yeah, too like you yeah, don't want to for sure mess that relationship up so i wasn't going to put any pressure but if he wanted to and then took about two and a half three weeks of us just kind of talking about it he wanted to lay it all out he's like ranching's different man like you're you're here like it's i know you guys love to hunt that was always his biggest worry he's like you guys love to hunt you love to be gone i want to make sure you know and i was like you know i i'm kind of ready just for something different and so we took that job and now that's yeah i work on a ranch there and it's busy you work a lot but it's one of the most fulfilling jobs I've yeah. ever had. How many days would you, would you say you get off to actually go hunting now? Uh, my five days, I got to go to Colorado. That was it. That was it. Yeah. Five days. Yep. And you then, the I mean, you get a week, there. like a week, if you could scratch like a day and a weekend, but a lot of it was like even elk hunting. I was lucky enough to get a bull with my bow, but it was, I could bomb out for an evening or if I had a morning off, yeah. things like that. But maybe one day on a weekend, just, it's just, you're just busy. Yeah. It's just hard. Like now, like I get to be here this week and hang out with Brady because the winter time i just get to feed cows and kind of lays down a little bit work-wise and stuff like that but i mean you're just there's always something to be done on the ranch and when the weather's good you want to take advantage of it and i've learned and it's just a lifestyle and you got to be willing to accept that part well that's the typical that's the typical side i mean i think we take for granted a lot of the times that like we we do hunt for work Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and what we talk about and how we talk about it it's not necessarily normal yeah because we get enough days to do certain things and like you guys are living the normal yeah. What I would say is the normal yeah. hunting life, right? Yeah. We had, I mean, it was 180. We went from just last year hunting. We stopped doing shows on the opening of Antelope and did not stop hunting until everything closed after Christmas. And then we actually were still trying to squeeze stuff in after that, going after cats and stuff like that. Yeah. So then now this year, I mean, I think in total probably 10 days of like hunting from morning till dark, if mm-hmm. even. And it's that's hard. what the weekends and everything. Yeah, yeah. it's hard. Yeah, that's it was typical, really different. But it just it, like, it just it added in how much more important it was to like really dial in my e scouting and just yeah. spend the time I had in the evenings. If you know it was dark, I couldn't hunt, but just hunt on my computer, which sounds wild to say, but I mean, kind of get things figured out and just yeah. really dial it. Because in the past, we have had time, and there's been years we've squandered time. Because I think all guys are like, oh, time's what it takes, and sometimes you take your time for much. granted. Oh, yeah. You're like. 
oh, I've got 30 days to hunt elk. And next thing you know, like, shoot, I've only got four days left in my season. Where did that time go? And you kind of just forget that and you squander it a little bit. You don't, you can almost try to treat it as a whole marathon. And even though like, in that, it's still like hunting every day is still a sprint. Even if you have a lot of time, you still just got to be hustling every day, trying to figure it out and never just kind of coasting along. Yep. But I'm an accountant. That's what I do now. An accountant? Yeah. From outside to inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's actually been working yeah, while she's been here in Lake trip. Wilson. Yeah, I'm new to it. So how's he gonna ranch from down here? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> they got digital ranching, right? <laughs> no. For you can't push a button. Farm the cows get fed. Send out so. those little robots and yeah. just yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's like the typical right weekend warrior and mm-hmm. maybe one mm-hmm. hunt out yeah. of the year. Yeah. But what it, what it does show the importance of is you know finding the hunt that you want mm-hmm. and then just kind of using the time to your advantage. Actually, a lot of the times, too, when you go into a hunt, or at least for me, I can only speak for myself, but when you go into a hunt more focused on a short amount of days, it mm-hmm. almost makes it, I've, I've been more successful like that, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, work a little harder. You know? I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like when it's just that set time, I've been more successful. Us, too. And I was really blessed. Like, Lynn's, with the, me getting the Colorado tag this year, she was, which for me was unacceptable, but she was like, I don't, if I don't kill a deer this year, that's cool. Like, that's going to be your hunt. And I was yeah. just like, not going to happen. Then we were blessed that it was able to work out like it did like i, I didn't want her to not because she loves it a lot but she's willing to you know we didn't get to hunt for i hunted elk card for me this year because the last few years i've had friends come or like help lens get bulls things like that and so this year i was going to be selfish a little bit with my archery time and i think she packed her bow one day zero zero days there and we then yeah. we did go out we did sneak away opening day a rifle for, for a chance for her to go uh try to find a bull and just found one just couldn't make it happen yeah. on it but that's cool though, knowing that you're gonna have a short season this year and you still did the out of state thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no replacement for the, the new experience though. There I, isn't. I love going new places. It's no, I mean sport. we're already like looking at what we're trying to figure out what we're gonna do for this next year. Yeah. You know, like Lynn started two years ago, really figuring out, looking into like okay buying points and that's what she does like. She figured out when all the deadlines were, what it was gonna cost us each year, and just buying yeah. points so we can have these more adventure and just higher quality type hunts than yeah. we've gotten in the past. Mm-hmm. I will say that Montana is a great state for opportunity, but as quality, I mean, there is definitely better states out there that we wanted to go try and have big goals. And now, especially when you only have a little limited amount of time, you want to set yourself up for success as best you can. Yeah. And you might have to spend a little more time driving, but for the adventure, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And you're sharing memories together too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of memories fun. of Lynn's napping in the truck. <laughs> yeah. I'm good at sleeping. That's for sure. Uh-huh. That's awesome. What do you got for us, trail? I'm I'm good. I'm listening. I got questions at the end, but they're just you got you got more. No, no, it's just questions. I got. I've asked. No, I'm, I got, I'm. Go ahead. No, with this nope. yeah, My questions are for Lindsay. I guess I'm just curious yeah. as to like uh, equipment setup. Like what you got? I mean, what do you? What do you? Are there like your bow setup? Yeah, um, I just I shoot a Matthews. Um, I don't. I've never been one for specifically getting a women's bow or not mm-hmm. a women's bow. Um, the first bow I got was a Hoyt Defiant. Mm-hmm. It was really great. I love that thing. Um, and then Will spoiled me this last year and got me a new Matthews. What is it? The V3X. V3X. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, what kind of draw weight are you shooting? I'm at, I think, 58 right now. Mm-hmm. I'd like Good. to get above 60. I bet I shot my bull at 52, I think. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and I shot him at 30 yards pass through. So, I don't know. Head? I just think you need to be confident with it, obviously. I think as females especially with lower poundage like you just need to be a little bit more 
strategic about your shots, but mm-hmm. um, I've never not felt confident with my bow, so I've never been really worried about it. She's being humble. She's a great shot with her bow. And that's a phenomenal shot. That's the one of my most fun parts too. Is like once she really got into it, is it having someone that like shooting with her, and she's just shoots probably better than me, honestly, on a regular basis, naturally. They're broadhead. Like, what do you shoot for broadhead? The Arrow, do you know? VPAs. VPAs. Uh, yeah, three yeah. blade. Three yeah. blade mm-hmm. fixed. VPAs. Gotcha. Is there any equipment out there that you're like, yeah, I wish they made that women specific? I mean, I mean, every piece of clothing probably. Really? I mean, what do you just, use? Uh, at this point, just a mixture between men's Sitka, some women's Sitka. Um, I'd like to try the QU new stuff. We worked for Forlo, so I had a lot of Forlo mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I'd like to try Kings. It's just everything, it's hard. Everything, I think, at some point is the, at the beginning stages anyways, is the lower end of your men's stuff. But I get it. I mean, after we worked in the industry, you're talking about such a small percentage of people are going to be buying your women's clothes. It's hard to put a lot of money into it. But, man, I would just die for a couple more women's cuts with some sick gear for sure. Are there pieces of equipment, like whether it's like little creature comforts, like warm clothing or anything like that that you tend to pack that Wilson doesn't? Like I, bet, I mean, I definitely pack way more clothes than he does. That's for sure. <laughs> a lot more like big fuzzy socks for sleeping, especially backpacking. Way more hand warmers. Mm. Putting hot water in the Nalgene at night. Um, I feel bad, but he's he probably could sleep the night without having the stove at some points of the year. And I'm just like, can you put more wood in the fire? Gotcha. Stuff like that. I get cold, but um, I don't know. I can think of like, I think that was two years ago, shot a whitetail in Montana. My feet were so cold that I actually took my feet out of my boots and put them in his pockets of his coat mm-hmm. and hopped off of that and shot the buck like a couple minutes later. Was but that that snowstorm one? That no, cool? that was the year after we uh, shot mule deer at the, the same day, a couple minutes apart. That was tough. That was, we, a, hor- that was a horrible negative idea. Negative 20 last year and we doubled up on bucks. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and we packed them out in one trip. Yeah, the two that was a bad was idea. Hard. That was the first time I'd ever been like truly delirious. It was so yeah. cold. We didn't. We couldn't eat anything because all of our snacks froze. Like even the snacks that didn't have liquid in them were rocks. Then we got to the bottom of the hill after probably like two miles of hiking, and there was a tree on the corner. And I was like, maybe this guy could help us, like take a little bit of our load. I just something like I bet you he'd help out. At this point, it's like so far after dark. There's nobody out there, and we get around that corner. And it's just a tree, and I was just like, he's walking towards us. We could ask him. And I was just, it was, we were At that lost. point, when she told me, told me that, I was like, all right, we're dropping the packs. We're just getting out of here. We can yeah, come was, back tomorrow for it. But. It was very rough, but that was another fun memory. Yeah, another fun. Um, I pack a pillow. I definitely have a way nicer sleeping pad than he does. There's mm. definitely, like, some luxuries there. He always He's always taking care of me with, like, the nicer sleeping bag, the nicer things when we can only afford something. Gotcha. Um, um, I'm curious, like, what, what advice would you give to a female that's wanting to get involved in hunting because it is like mostly male dominated. Right. I mean, I I remember the first time, so this would have been, God, I'm trying to think how old I am, but it had to been, I was in college at Utah state and I remember I had a spike archery elk tag and we had a couple of spikes that we'd been hunting this little drainage. And I remember sitting on this little knoll. It was like mid afternoon, waiting for evening, kind of waiting for these spikes to come out. And I looked down the ridge and I could see two hunters coming up the ridge and uh, I just kind of crept back into the timber, thought, oh, I'll just let them kind of skirt by. And I remember walking up, and it was two two women together hunting camo, bows the whole night. And That's I remember awesome. this is probably, God, it had to have been 20, 
20 some years ago. Um, but I remember thinking at that time, like that was the most odd thing I'd seen in yeah. ages, like two women out bow hunting together. And I remember thinking, man, that is weird. Like, we what still is... see that now sometimes, two gals heading out, and I'm just like, good for you. M- much more so now. Oh, yeah. I would say way more so. But, but I remember thinking at the time, it was it was a notable enough mm-hmm. experience that I went home and told buddies. I'm like, you guys aren't going to believe what I ran into. Like yeah. I ran into two women out bow hunting on their own, you know what I mean? Um, which was awesome. Yeah. It was just an anomaly, mm-hmm. right? Back then, I think it's much more common now, but even still, like, there's way more men involved in hunting yeah. than women. Like, I mean, what, what would you say to like women that are trying to get into hunting, even if it's on their own? Like, what do you, do you have any piece of advice? Yeah, I think there's multiple things. One is guys love to teach. Don't mm-hmm. be afraid to be taught. Um, there's something to be said about a couple women who've never done before grabbing some bows and heading out, but mm. there's also a ton of guys and gals that have like a lot of great information and there's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know what I'm doing. There's so many factors to this and just finding somebody who's willing to help you. Obviously don't get help from a creep. Don't go out in the woods with someone <laughs> yeah. you don't know, but um, if you can find out, if Brady sends you a message decline, I'm just um, yeah, finding a, a good a good support system it's it's really hard if you do not come from it guys girls everybody it's so hard to learn um so yeah be willing to be taught is a big one be willing to be emotional um i think that was something i had to learn but i think i've cried after i've shot anything Mm -hmm. and that's just part of being a woman i think it's just it's an emotional thing whether it went went perfect or not the way i planned um we're just different that way probably um and then really just really ask yourself like why you want to do it um and once you figure that why out hunting isn't the only way to like build your portfolio of all your skills and just do those things as much as possible if you can only get one hunt um but you and your friends love to go camping like camp and then add to that camping do things a little harder take your bow and your target and shoot your bow when you go hunting and just do more things like that and just i had to make it my everything. I don't know if I could have done it otherwise. It has to be the reason that I do everything from waking up to going to bed. Um, but that's just because it's really hard. And if I'm going to eventually get to a point where I can get away and do a solo hunt and do it all by myself, like that's going to take a long time to build that confidence. I don't like being out in the dark alone. I don't like doing a lot of those things. And the hunting is like 25% of it. And then just keeping yourself alive is 75% of it. And we don't have the, uh, compass in our balls as I always tell Wilson he has you know we don't have that um so it just takes a lot of practice it's go easy on yourself kill a lot of stuff kill bunnies kill ducks kill whatever that you're allowed to um but yeah I think just find your why it's 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 hard we don't have all the equipment we don't have a lot of clothing options wear some guys stuff but once you figure out your why it seems like there's no turning back and you'll figure it out Crushed it. That was a great answer. It. That was. Thanks. That was a really good answer. Yeah, that was awesome. I, I love the fact that you said don't afraid to, don't don't be afraid to be taught. Yeah. Like, and I can imagine like you go to a local archery range and you know league night. It's all all dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's it's a lot easier in my opinion for a dude to walk in there that's new to archery and just say, hey, here I am. You know, teach me. But yeah. I would say I could see it being that much more intimidating for a woman. But but people are generally might. I mean, I would say I I've, I've tried to offer advice. I know these guys are as well. But like just be okay with asking. Yeah. And, and be, be okay with that's an awesome an, That's an awesome answer. And be okay with messing up because you're mm-hmm. going to so much. I mean, we all are. You're going to mess up a lot. For sure. Ask why you messed up. Um, a lot, something that you have gotten really good about is like 
which way would you want to go or how do you want to handle this when we do have the time in the moment? And I notice a lot that I'm like, oh, you actually want me to like make a choice here. And then I have to think through it. And a lot of the time he's like, eh. and I, you have to be like, why? Why is that not the option? Why is that a bad answer? And it's hard to be wrong a lot all the time but welcome to hunting (laughs) but it's just it's part of it and then one day you'll make the right decision or i remember i mean that day that we shot both those bucks in the double i picked the spot on the map we hadn't having luck and he was like you just pick a spot and i was like okay i really want to go here and i think it'd be great and yeah we got the two bucks and that felt really really good or when i shot my buck out of the tree stand i've been shooting arrows so many arrows and feeling so confident on that shot eventually it comes together and you're like Hey, I meant for this. Like, I was meant to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do this, but it takes a long time to get there. I think too is uh, don't be afraid to invest in like hunting knowledge. Like, uh, Lindsay and I, we've gone to two of Lamper's summits now, and but while looking at her compared to maybe myself, but even a lot of guys, generals, I think girls are great learners. They're great note takers. Like looking at Lindsay's notebook coming from that versus myself, and it's just like she came from those with so much more knowledge than I like would yeah. like recite back to her notes. And I think that people just shouldn't be afraid to guys as well. But a lot of females just like find something like that. Like go to found a great the, community out of it too. Yeah. I mean, and go to wet, let, or Lampers hunting summits and just learn and just soak it in, take your notes. Yeah. And I think, I think there's so many options for things like that nowadays, even online sources, mm-hmm. like you guys have your outdoor class and all of that is just, don't be afraid to dive into the learning aspect of it. I mean, yes, trial and error, but there's so many ways to like go into it feeling more confident. Yeah. Women, women have a really good way of no ego when they're yeah. being told yeah. something. Yeah. Men mm-hmm. are always like fight it and like the ego yeah, takes I'm over. Yeah, I'm only half listening yeah, to um, say, you know, like, I wouldn't I do that. I probably know. Well, they yeah, are. Like, you know, I would yeah, I already I know. Yeah. 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 I did some coaching when I was younger and I always enjoyed coaching girls over boys because they just, they will, they'll just sit there and like we'll look at you and ego. learn. Yeah. yeah. And they just yeah. want to learn and want to be better and will come up to you and like, why am I not doing as well? They just, they don't have that ego. And I think yeah. that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think a big thing is just soak up being the anomaly. Like guys want to see you have success. Guys mm-hmm. want to see gals out in the field. There's not like a, I don't want to, I don't want females out there or anything like that you go to the bow shop, they're going to, they're going to see 10 guys in line and see you and they're going to want to help you because you're the anomaly as the female. And I think just soak that up. Cause I mean, we are spoiled that way. I mean, people are going to want to help you have success. I talk about those summits. I mean, all those guys that went to that just spoke so much confidence into me and made me feel so good that when I ask questions, they're like, that's a dang good question. Mm-hmm. And we're just like, Hey, I think you're going to have a lot of su- success. I mean, Robbie Denning, when we went was just like, I'm going to see you in 10 years killing some bucks like none of us have ever seen. And I'll never forget that. That made me feel so good. And I'm not saying you would have said that to a guy, but I think just going in and having a bunch of questions and being the anomaly, people pay attention and they want to help you a lot because it is a little bit harder. Yeah. The whole being wrong thing too, like, man, that's just, that is what hunting is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're wrong nine times out of 10, yeah. but it's just, nine and a half. Probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just that half a time. We're like, Oh shit, yeah. it worked. Yeah. 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 Holy and then hell. remember, like, why why did that work again? Hopefully, it's I can remember. Complete half a chance. Shoot, another why. nine and ten. Yeah. In those times, it wasn't exactly. anything you did. And then yeah. you try to replicate it, and it's like, well, that was that complete opposite. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, the being wrong thing. It's like ever nobody likes to be wrong, but man, hunting will humble you in that a lot. And of once you ways. accept being wrong, yeah. you're wrong less. Yeah. Not a lot less, but a little less. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else, T-Rail? I'm good. That was great. I appreciate that. Yeah. That was that. good. Yeah. Yeah. Lindsay nailed it. 
Yeah, she's perfect. I knew she would. Mm-hmm. Thanks, guys. She's killer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She has with the promo code here Are coming we, up. I think. Oh, we dropped the promo, huh? Yeah, we were supposed that. to do that. In the we beginning. didn't. No, we didn't hit promo. No, we were, we're talking, talking about, about Uber. Self-driving we're, cars. We were self-driving Uber cars. I thought yeah. for sure we hit promo. No. no. Give the people what they want. Damn it. <laughs> okay. Promo code podcast. Uh, also, um, oh, let me hit this first. You can use the promo code podcast. You can sign up for a GoHunt Insider account, which we've talked about today. Um, help you do your research. We're in the middle of research season. We're in the middle of app season. So now is definitely the time that you want to sign up and get an insider account so that you can do the research and go on an out-of-state hunt like Wilson and Lindsay have. Um, so use that promo code podcast. We're going to give you 50 points back in the Go Hunt gear shop. One point's $1. You can use that towards the purchase of any equipment that you want in the shop. And also, as of today, uh, if you're listening to this, insiders are going to get two times points back on all their purchases in the gear shop, excluding Swarovski. But everything else, I've been told that we're, we're two times points, which means you get double the points on your purchases. So use that promo code podcast. How was that? How'd I do? Perfect. Good. I nailed you should it. should have done that at the beginning. Though. Nailed it. Beautiful. We'll, we'll cut it and put it in the beginning. <laughs> oh. Cut. <laughs> I, I have a few more questions, though, but I just wanted to get that yeah, one out of the way. Yeah, my bad. I, didn't, I totally spaced it. I, and I'm supposed <laughs> to be the guy that knows that shit, and I don't. We all spaced it. <laughs> it's supposed to be the first 20 minutes, but 93, that's all right. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Even Wilson knows when we're supposed to drop it at the beginning. You guys literally, you guys literally don't drop it right every podcast, and so you're always like, "Man, we're supposed to do that in the first 20 minutes." Yeah, so. That just shows you how bad we are. Yeah. <laughs> it might be calculated. Hey, you have to listen to the end now. So yes, yeah. I hope you guys listen to the end because you got that good promo good. code. That good, good. Uh, dream hunts. What you guys got? What, you, what would be your dream hunt, Lindsay and then Wilson? No, you go ahead. Oh, me go ahead. Yeah. Um, I would love to. Actually, Lorenzo's hunt this fall, a stone sheep with a bow would just be pretty, pretty rad. I like shooting stuff with my rifle and I like shooting a rifle, but at the end of the day, I always pick my bow up and just something about hunting with my bow. And that's just, when I say dream hunt, because I feel like it's a little bit unobtainable. I mean, it's going to be way down the line if I get to do it. And, but, uh, that would just be a freaking awesome hunt. Yeah. I don't know. This is hard. Probably caribou in Alaska. I just think caribou are so weird <laughs> and they're just so cool. I love sheds, so I like the idea of like also finding a bunch of sheds while we're out. Just making a heck of an adventure out of it. So that's what I'm gonna have to go with. I think caribou in Alaska. That's a good one. Yeah, with that's the bow. Mine's white tail out of a tree stand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brady, you got Dream Hunt on your on the books this year? On this year? On the books this year, I think huh? Brady knocked all of them off in one year. Yeah, yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. It's all downhill from here. In a 13 yeah. month span, Brady has knocked off all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been on a wild ride. It's pretty crazy to say. Pretty crazy to think about what I've done in my life. Um, dream hunt for me. The only thing I can think of is uh, hunting Tur in Azerbaijan. Mm-hmm. Weird. I, <laughs> I, I, I just, Weird. <laughs> I love that the international, like I'm addicted now in a way. Like it's like they said, like you go sheep hunting once, you just want to go sheep hunting again. You know, like I just want to go chase a crazy mountain adventure. And that's what it was to me. call him the bougie hunter. Because he's yeah. just like, I like that out of state experience, that out of country experience. <laughs> that's just roasting me. Yeah, we definitely no, agree. Keeps everyone in line. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think a place like that is just those mountains over there. Yeah. Oh, you ever seen I would a tour? Like to, 
hunt Hawaii. I think that would be a lot of fun. Go, mm. like, hunt in some warm weather and hunt multiple different types of animals. Mm. Do a little fishing. Like, that would just be a fun trip to go on. But gotcha. They call that a surf and turf? Yeah. The old mm. surf and turf. My obtainable dream hunt, though, I just love to, I would love the opportunity to hunt early season mule deer in a spot that's just, like, the 1980s again. Not you the know, 80s. No, no, like nineties, no, like early sixties. No, nineties <laughs> no, were good. I was just reading. Nineties uh, were, were good. tough, man. The nineties were good. The though. early eighties. I was Maybe reading. I'm end. reading Dwight Shoes, uh, mm. um, hunting like hunting open country mule deer. Mm-hmm. They're just talking about just those books. They go back to these basins and they're like, yeah, we saw 25 bucks up here today, and mm-hmm. all of them over 26 inches. And you're just like, where? Like you're trying to read this and learn. I'm like, I can't find these spots anymore. Lorenzo, you seen that video that they did like in the probably would have been the 60s bucks. The guys like bucks, bucks, bucks it's on, the, on, the, on the Beaver Mountain. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, there's just giant deer everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that would be fun. Everyone was shooting 30 inches yeah. and they're like mm-hmm. passing just yeah. absolute giants. Yeah. Yeah, who yeah. cares as long as it's not 30 inches, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's a good one. I like that. What about you, Trail? What's your dream hunt? Uh, I mean, our trail in September, that's it. That's it? <laughs> no, I do love that, though. Um, man, dream hunt. What would I say? I, probably archery bison. Yeah? I think that's, that's the one I want to do. Like Henry yeah. Mountains, archery bison? Yeah, I want to do like, uh, like free range, like yeah. Henry's, book cliffs, you know, draw tag mm-hmm. and, and go cool. out and archery The American bison. heritage hunting. Yeah, because I just think they're such a cool animal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the heritage of hunting. Yeah. That's what it is. I think I think for me, and I'm, I'm applying, I don't know if I'll ever draw. I might be 80 or, you know, 100, hopefully make it by then. But, um, yeah, I think that'd be it. Archery bison. That'd be really cool. Just a cool animal. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Anything else for us, Brady? I just want to know, like, are you guys going to... Are you swapping this year? Is uh, you do trying to do another out-of-state hunt? Lindsay going to go, or just try to build mm. points for a little bit, or strategize it? I'd like to hit Montana really hard and kind of adjust to this new life a little bit. I think back to last year, there was a lot of times I could have gone out solo that I didn't. So I just I'd like to push myself on that a little bit. And if we end up finding a really good unit in an out-of-state that we can draw, I would like to. But I just really like to find some really good critters in Montana that I'm proud of that. Whether we're together or not, that I I put some days out alone to make the best of the time. Yeah, I'd like I'd like to alternate this year if we can, and, and Lindsay's got some points in some states, and try to find a hunt that would really fit what she'd want to do. Um, I thought it would be we we're just trying to shoot for a four season Colorado rifle, but now she's been on a kick of wanting to do more bow hunting herself again. So now she really wants to kill a buck in velvet. So maybe trying to transition to find a hunt we could do that on. Cool. Kind of helps with Montana op- doesn't open till September seventh this year for yeah. archery. So give us some time to maybe hunt something early on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Velvet bucks. All the bucks. I heard, I heard bucks, not bulls. I think that was probably the best yeah. answer earlier when you were like, why go out of state when you have it in Montana? Because two bucks are better than one. <laughs> Dang, we should just uh. wrap that up right there. Two bucks are better than one. <laughs> call it a wrap. And you're making it work on five days of, of yeah. vacation. Yeah. Like uh-huh. that's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. You guys did the dream hunt this year. That was pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. We've been getting lucky. Appreciate you guys coming on. Thanks yeah, for yeah having appreciate us, guys. you guys having really us. Thanks it. for putting up with me at my house. Hey, thanks, thanks for, for having giving us. us a house. Yeah. <laughs> and a truck. Yeah. I did give him a truck. Take too, care too. of us. Look at you as a host. I know. And I got Nate staying at my house too, so I'm staying on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> you sleep on the couch anyway. What are we talking that, about? That's, exactly. Exactly. that's your go to. Don't act like he's like, He's like, I don't want to hear it. He's like, but I'm sleeping on my couch and you guys come. You guys have the master bedroom because Nate's there. And I was like, 
I stayed at your house last year, and all you did was sleep on the couch then, too, so I'm mm-hmm. not really too worried yeah, about it. exactly. Every time I've been to your house, you sleep on the couch. So I'm a simple man. Don't act like you're giving up anything. <laughs> yeah. That's just where you sleep. It's true. Just move my bedroom down there. Well, thanks for coming, guys. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Thank you. Thank you.